It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast, episode 296. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. I bet that's a voice people weren't <laughs> expecting to hear this week. <laughs> so um, I won't be here long. She won't be here long. Well, on the show. On the show. Just I, 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 I will survive. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like Gloria Gaynor or for our younger listeners, Cake. Uh, even younger, babe. The cake. Yeah. No. Nobody knows the cake version. I know. But yeah, the cake song's 30 years old. Yeah. But, uh, we also will have a guest host. I'm going to introduce her so she knows that she can start talking. Yes. She's doing that thing where she's the guests sit there and they're like, can I talk? Can I not talk? What are the rules? What's the etiquette? So I'm still doing this because I just know it irritates me. But joining us uh, via the magic of ZoomTube is Gina Mitchell. Hey, Gina. How you doing? Hi, Gina. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. Thank you for doing this. So Gina's a longtime listener and supporter of the show and friend of the show. Yes. And we actually hung out with her when we were in Philly. Yes. So she's kind enough to sit in while Crystal... I'm going to waddle back upstairs yes. and let you guys have it. But before we dig into everything, we figured people would like to hear the story firsthand. Yeah. And so here it's, we are. So I was running and I was running outside my house along Big Bend like I do. It was a 60 degree day in January. I was like, I want to take February. advantage of this nice weather. I had I had done it the day before. I had done like... A lot of miles outside the day before I'd done like seven miles, almost seven miles outside, same route. And today was only going to be like a little shakeout run. Like it was 45 minutes. I was out and back in mile and a half. So I'm coming up on the mile and I can tell that I'm almost to the mile marker because I've run this route a million times and um, crossing through an intersection, which there are a lot of. And for anybody who's familiar with St. Louis, New Baldwin, where it crosses Big Bend is where it happened. And there's like three sections to the intersection. And I went across the middle one I re- and I looked over my shoulder. Nobody was coming. Actually, two cars were coming, but I let them go like they were making a left in front of me. So I let them go. And then I looked ahead. Nobody was coming and they would be turning right toward me. So nobody was there. So I took off running. And next thing you know, I woke up in the middle of the street and I was very confused. You know, like the movies, This is it was the weirdest thing because they always do that sound in movies where they like tell you like a big explosion's taking place. And it's like, Arr. yeah, it's like real. It's just and then the sound starts slowly. That is exactly what happened. Yeah. That is exactly what happened. And people like started populating in front of me. I have no idea who any of these people were. I saw hair color. I saw sizes. Like I, I know their shapes, but I don't know what their faces looked like. They are not there. They're not in my brain. They're just gone. But I do remember that there was a teenage girl who was standing there above me and she was screaming hysterically. And I figured out later that's because she she's had just hit the, me. She's the culprit. Yes. And oh, uh, she was driving an SUV. She had just gotten her driver's license. And she didn't see me. I don't know how. I don't know what happened. I didn't talk to her because I was not in a good place. And if you had talked to her, it would have been nonsensical or you wouldn't remember it. Facts. (laughs) Facts. This nice couple was there. I picked up my phone. 
My phone was in my right pocket. I was wearing a brand new set of Beyond Yoga with pockets. I'm upset about that because they got cut off. And I took my phone out of my pocket and it was destroyed, like absolutely destroyed. And actually, it may have like kept me from breaking a bone because it hit, it was right on my thigh bone, right where it we hit. We think that's where the car hit her because it's really bruised right there some of the impact because and that her phone is not only is the screen shattered but it's it's like wavy now yeah i wow. didn't even know phones could make that shape i don't think it's supposed to no clearly it's not yeah yeah <laughs> and, unlikely and then um this couple came up and they were talking to me and they were making sure i was okay I couldn't use my phone. I, I knew I needed to call Tom. Like, I didn't know what had happened and I didn't know how bad it was, but I knew I needed to call Tom and my phone was dead. And luckily I remembered the phone number. And then Which amazes me that in that state you could, because who remembers phone numbers anymore? I know. I know. Yours, yours was the only number I had in there. Yeah. But I remember that like. Better be. I, <laughs> don't make me laugh too hard. That's um, my only skill. Um, I remember telling you like, um, I just got hit by a car. I'm okay. So I'm on my way to work. We had a huge show at the family arena that day. It was going to do like, like estimated to do seven to 9,000 people, which were a midsize arena. So that's capacity. And so I'm on my way to work and I see a call from a number I don't recognize, but I'm like, it's a Sunday afternoon. Like who's, I think the telemarketers took the day off. So I answer it and it's her. And she's like, I'm okay, but I just got hit by a car. She sounds as calm as calm can be. And so I thought she was just calling it first to vent like these sons of bitches can't drive. And then I was like, why are you venting on someone else's phone like that? See, that's a that's a red flag. Right. And then the guy took the phone from well, me because I'm trying to ask her. I'm like, do you need Wait, me to come to you? Like, It was that... the right call for him to take the phone from me yeah. because I had no idea how to make any calls at that point. Like, I was just like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, because I, I was supposed to run the show that day. So I'm like, do you need me to leave? Is that what you're saying? And she was like, I don't know. Like, she's kind of waffling. And I'm just like. This feels like a test, right? Like this, like, like, am I supposed? To? And so then the I they the couple one of the couple grabs the phone and they're like, they're like, yeah, you need to come here now. And I'm like, okay, cool, I will do that. But now I've got a essentially sold out concert and I'm stuck in concert traffic. So, but luckily I got juice in this town, and so the cops stopped traffic so I could do a quick exit, get the hell out of Look there. At that. And, and uh, uh, Sydney and Brian go to the crime scene where I was yeah. hit <laughs> and, and they saw me. They didn't see me, but they saw the ambulance with me in it leaving. And I remember being like I was telling the cop because there was a cop standing behind me. I just know he was a cop. I don't know anything about what he looks like. And he he was like, are you how are you doing? And I was like, I'm really tired. I want to lay down. And he was like, nope, nope, nope. You don't do that. Like talk to me and he started asking all kinds of questions. And next thing I know, I was on one of those boards and they were in the ambulance. And the lady in the ambulance was super nice to me. And she was like, okay, so I'm going to take off all your jewelry because they're going to give you a bunch of fluids and they're, you're going to get swollen. You're not going to be able to wear it. So I was like, okay. And then I was like, am I going to be okay? And she was like, we're going to do our best. <laughs> no, That's that what was she not said. the answer she gave you. That was what she said. And I started bawling because oh. I thought I was yeah. dying. At some point, I don't remember when they cut my clothes off and part of it was in the ambulance and part of it was in the room. They took me right into the MRI. And at some point I got feedback from the scene that like the lady, the girl, the teenage girl, she was going like 35 miles an hour in this SUV and hit me and didn't see me. And I flew through the air and I landed on the left side of my head. 
and then slid across the pavement. And so honestly, the thing that hurts the most is the road rash. It's from my left shoulder all the way down past my butt, like below all the way down below her butt. It's It's like her. Yeah. Like it's like three quarters of her body. And it hurts. I've never had road rash. Don't recommend. I'm going to give that zero out of five. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And uh, also I have a broken clavicle, which I honestly, it just is annoying. I can't move, but it doesn't. They said it was a very clean break. I don't even have to like wear a sling unless I'm out and about. Um, Just can't put pressure on it. And they said it'll heal by itself. And they're telling me that like I'll be back to running in no time, which feels really hard to believe the at doc- the moment. The doctors in the ER were like, she was like, oh, I'm training for Big Sur on in the end of April. And they're like, yeah, you'll be fine. You might have to walk it, but you should you should be able to do that by then. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, they were they were shocked. I had no bleeding on the brain. Yes. Um, and we all were shocked. Yes. Now, honestly, like like she's lucky to be alive i am like no that's not hyperbole like she like from what we understand like she got hit she went airborne she slid across on her head like i mean the fact every doctor that walked in there and i think there was three for different purposes yeah and were like every one of them was like i I can't believe that your injuries aren't greater than they are yep and they all seem to concur that it was because she works out so much they did. They said they said that I was in good shape and that had a lot to do with it. And I thought, you know, well, my dad's been telling me I'm hard headed my whole life. And I think I just proved it. <laughs> so, wow. So that's the story. And people have been amazing. Tom has been sharing all the messages that people have been sending. And, and the our 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 behind the scenes team that's oh been my god out. nikki and darcy have been they've been keeping the socials going yes. uh, and i just i don't even know what i would have done without them because i didn't have a phone it was completely trashed and they also told me i couldn't be on screens because i do have a concussion so i'm not supposed to be spending a lot of time doing stuff so everybody has just sent so much love and i can feel it i can feel everybody's well wishes and i really truly feel i I do feel like i'm lucky to be alive and i probably am gonna stick to uh the roads no more going to just parks from now on parks in my tread parks and tread that's it yeah Yeah. closed roads only parks and tread starring amy polar (laughs) so um we should also say because we were cataloging your maladies yes that you also had some damage to your back oh yeah i forgot about those yeah i have a bunch of cracks in my spine but they said it's like on the pieces like the nodules that hold it together on the outsides, not the inside. And they said that it'll just heal on itself. It's totally fine. Um, they weren't like super worried about it. They not at all. She didn't need a back brace or anything, but she did have a back in like back some back bones break, which sounds like when they say that it is like the what? And yeah. they're like, oh, it's no big deal. And you're like, but that's not what comes after you broke bones in your back. Yeah. So. Like I have no idea how I flew through the air and didn't do more day. I really don't. I mean, I'm I, no bleeding on the brain, no major broken bones, no. I mean, really, it's just I got to move really slow and stay off of screens and just be careful. I mean, that's that's it. I, I don't I don't even know how I got so lucky. I don't. But I am. And hopefully it all continues to stay down that trajectory. I mean, I have to go to physical therapy so things could change. You know, they could be like, oh, well, now you have this problem. But for now, that's that's the major stuff. And yeah. So. And let me show you, Gina, what I walked into in the ER. Are you comfortable with these sorts of? Are you going to freak I work out? I healthcare. Go ahead. Okay. Right, well, for so, anybody and, watching. Yes. For anyone on the YouTube channel, uh-huh. um, these these were the pictures. We have not shared these on, on the internet. So be careful. Yeah. but <laughs> Turn um, away if you don't like so, scary yeah, so stuff. If, if you don't, if blood bothers you, this is a good place to, to skip ahead. 
There you go. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's what oh, I came into <laughs> in the ER, and she was pretty loopy. I was. Um, which stands to reason. But yeah, so, or if you're listening to the show and you want to hear it, now's a good time to check out our YouTube channel. We're getting great content over there. Thanks, Crystal. Oh yeah, I forgot about my ear. Um, Part of my ear got torn off too, so they had to sew that back on. Uh, It was just a little cartilage. It's three cuts. Um, I'd move my hair, but it takes way too much effort. But um, they had to sew it up. It was like over 20 stitches that they had to put in my ear. But again, could have been way worse. So Yeah, it's bad when you're like, oh, I forgot about the part where part of my ear got torn off. Yeah. And she's delivering it so matter-of-factly. Like, I grabbed a coffee, part of my ear got torn off, yeah. and then I had a sandwich. She's like, I'm starting, an, Evan- I'm starting an Evander Holyfield tribute band. <laughs> if anyone wants to join me. Yeah, it's a making me laugh. So, but, so, but she's been taking it very easy the last couple days. So yeah. um, This is the most activity I've had. Yeah, well, I so did get like, my hair washed last night. I did get to yeah. wash all the blood out of my hair, which was amazing. Highly, I mean, highly recommend. I've been doing my part. So, like, in order to help her out, like... She'll put the clothes in the washer, but I'll take them out. No, so no, I haven't touched. I haven't touched the mom. washer. Yeah, he's he's underselling it. He has waited on me hand and foot. Like honestly, every little thing I've needed, he has done for me, and he's been great. The kids have been great, and people have sent flowers and thank you for the flowers and thank you to Jen's men for the lovely. Yeah. Like they sent food and a blanket and and like um. What I did not tell her it was this package of stuff that came prepackaged. I forget the company, but it was like, but it came with soup and blankets and cookies and. Rolls rolls and and like a little stuff thing that you could heat up for, it's a warmy yeah Aww. and so what it came with that i didn't tell her is it came with a bell because i was like look i don't mind doing things for you but i'll be goddamned if you're gonna ring a bell every time you want me i'm like i'm like, <laughs> like, he had to drop a wife I'm somewhere like, that is a bridge too far i've got no problem doing the things but i will not be summoned like beetlejuice so, so I, have, I think that's reasonable i yeah. do too i do too but uh but yeah so hopefully tonight she can we're gonna try seeing if she can sleep. she's been sleeping in a recliner yeah. so we're hoping that tonight maybe she can get back into a bed yes so yes but uh but i am actually getting kind of tired so i'm gonna go okay. back up so ta-da i'm back sans crystal and uh she made it safely up the stairs so that's that's good, which is Glad to hear it. which is why I'm yep. back. <laughs> if not, you've been sitting here for like 45 minutes. Like, is, what's going on? Um, so uh, this is the point of the show where I ask you, hey, what's coming up on the show? Tell us, Gina. She's like, oh, well, there's crap. a ton of news. No, I have. I'm ready. There's a ton of news. We're talking about the Century shirts being discontinued and a review on the guide. There's some new stuff happening with apparel, lots of instructor news. And of course, you'll still have segments with Dr. Jen Mann. And uh, yeah, there's more. But that's as ready as I am. That's more ready than I am. So it's fine. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because like so what the what you got for show notes is not what they normally look like. So I, I just a little peek behind the scenes for people. So the show notes we got the topics. Crystal normally picks the topics. I put them in order of like how I think they should run. Right. So this week she couldn't do that because her phone, her screen time was limited. She didn't even have a phone. So Nikki and Darcy, the aforementioned Nikki and Darcy, they picked the topics this week and they did a great job. But they like put it in a Google Doc and they have all these like sub points and A and B and then A has two things under A like they do all that. So how we how Crystal and I do it and is like she just gives me links like here's the story here's the story here's the story just instagram and facebook links and then i 
put them in order and write the show notes. And and so the work they did was great and it was super helpful. I'm not disparaging it in any way. I'm just pointing out that all of those things that's in Crystal's head. Like, so we don't outline it because I, I just riff on it on the fly for the most part. And so she'll, she does all that in her head with no notes of any kind. Just, just like, Oh, the century shirt story. Got it. And then she'll start talking. So well, that is impressive because yeah. there are, several pages of single space notes it's four pages of yeah uh, yeah so anyway just some some insight into what all crystal does so that's uh, impressive so before we move on shameless plugs don't forget we're available on apple podcast spotify google podcast wherever you find a podcast you can find us while you're there be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode maybe leave a review uh that's always helpful and appreciated you can also find us on facebook facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there like the page join the group of course uh you can find us on youtube you can watch these if you want to see the gross pictures of crystal they'll be in this episode over on youtube youtube.com slash the clip out don't forget our patreon patreon dot com slash the clip out where you can get these episodes ad free and uh, if they come out early we send them to you early and we were going to record a bonus episode on sunday and then someone got hit by a car so and yeah i think that's everything so uh let's dig in shall we let's do it peloton in the news so peloton announced this week that the sentry shirt is no more and people lost yeah. their ever-loving shit. I think that was to be expected. It's, I can't it, say I was surprised by the news. It's a sad tradition to see end. I think it's a tradition they wish they'd never started. Like, <laughs> like I, at the beginning, I think it did them a lot of good. I think it became kind of the bane of their existence. Like people, like they weren't, they didn't send them out fast enough, and then the shirt didn't live up to the hype, whatever hype you could possibly have around a t-shirt. I understand why people are upset, but I'm also like most of the people that are upset, like you already got your shirt. Like there's a handful of people that are still in the middle. You have until March 15th to hit your hundred rides in order to get your shirt. Yeah. I appreciate that they gave notice. I do think to your point, the people that I've seen that are a little up in arms have been Peloton community members for several years. So that's a bit of a head scratcher. It had to have been such a burden for them. If you think about the inventory and the sizing and the shipping and yeah. um, all the stuff that goes into it, I'm not surprised. I'm happy they're giving people notice. So if you are getting close to your 100 rides, or even if you just started, but you really want that shirt, you've got till March 15th. Yeah. Take a lot of 10 minute rides. That's one way to, <laughs> to do it. Your shirt More than one person has done that. <laughs> yeah, I have no doubt. So yeah, and, that is a common strategy. So maybe you'll know this. Maybe you won't. Is it like one per address or if you have different sub accounts, can each person like if I were to magically go in and start a Peloton account, this is very hypothetical and not going to happen. Like, could I also get a shirt even though Crystal has a shirt or would it, is it just one per paid membership? No, my understanding is that it's one per username, but it really is one. So you can get it for doing a hundred runs or a hundred rides, but you can't get it twice. Right. It's one per user. So clip so up Crystal can, can only get it on. one, but but Tom's not gonna do it, could also get one. 
theoretically. Or Tom could do it and no. get one. No, That's he's right. Not gonna, he's not going to do it. <laughs> I, I <laughs> I've been have, trying to get you to ride for years. You I should give up, but I won't. Everyone else, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm certainly not going to. I'm not going to do it for a T-shirt. I can. I got fair enough. I got plenty of T-shirts. And, so yeah, I respect your commitment. But you know, it also says that this apparel it will be available it, for purchase. But there's another little interesting thing kind of buried in in the text here. It says, going forward, we'll continue to offer Century Club shirts and other milestone apparel for purchase through our store. So I'm interested to see what the other, because up till now, it's just been a shirt, right? It's just been the Century shirt. You know, I feel like there was a time many years ago where they did have a bracelet that had a 1K like, like charm, charm. Yeah. on it. Yeah. I feel like that existed. I don't, I mean, maybe that was a fever dream. I don't know, but I do feel like that existed. That's what came to mind whenever I read this was having little accessories like that. That's been something the community has been asking for for years or more things to celebrate the many, many, many milestones that they have. So in a way it does seem like Peloton's answering um, that common request. And I'll be interested to see how much they sell the shirts for. I checked the apparel store and I couldn't find it on there yet. Interesting. Well, I guess because until it used to be, I don't know if it's still like this, but it used to be on on the apparel on the uh, the milestone shirt. Wasn't it like a hundred thousand dollars if you added it to your cart? Like because because the only way to get it was to achieve it, so they put a ridiculous price on it, so you couldn't. Yes, and then they gave you a code that that would bring it down to free, but. Many many years ago, it was about five years ago. Now, a guy accidentally didn't put his code in, and his card got charged. Is <laughs> how the lore goes. He was very angry on the Peloton mm, member page. I'm skeptical. Like, I'm a little I, skeptical myself. Maybe I'm just too midwestern middle class. But I'm like, you've got a, a credit card with a hundred thousand dollar limit on it. Like, I, I mean, don't. I know they're out there, but there's <laughs> there's not many. Sure. One wouldn't. Certainly think. wouldn't belong to me. No, nor me or us combined. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Even if we chipped in, like ain't going to happen. I will be interested to see if they improve the quality of these shirts when they start selling them. Cause that's been a really common complaint is that they work for the shirt, they get it, they wash it and it disintegrates. For sure. You would think if they're going to charge you for it, then go ahead and get a good one since it's not coming out of their pocket. Right. I would think so. And maybe now it won't be unisex too, right? Like, cause that's always been one of the complaints. It's just, it's just a t-shirt one size fits. I mean, there's sizes, but there aren't different cuts. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe it'll be interesting to see, but we've got another month and change to find out. So the new class schedule started. I have this up because, uh, for the YouTube viewers, because, uh, Callie Gullickson was talking about it on the gram. Uh, I was wondering why you had Callie up on for the viewers because I wasn't connecting the dots there. But there is a new schedule. And, you know, last week, Crystal said that she really felt like the schedule needed that six o'clock anchor spot in the morning. Uh And they're delivering. They're delivering on that. I don't know if it's five days a week, but they have put in the 6 a.m. East Coast back onto the schedule, which I appreciate. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Like so many people love that slot. I mean, I mean, one of the first groups I really remember people discussing back in the day was the 6 a.m. crew or whatever it was called, right? And so... That's a great memory. Yeah. So clearly people wanted that. 
Yes. And there's some other changes that are coming up. A 9 p.m. Eastern live ride that is starting next week. That's with Kendall. That's a little late for me, but I know some people enjoy those late night rides. And I'm sure that our friends on the West Coast will really enjoy it. Exactly. I was like, for some people, that's not so late. Right. I'm in Philadelphia, I should mention. So East Coast appeals to me. (laughs) (laughs) We're in flyover country, so. Right, right. (laughs) The next thing on the schedule that I was a little bit confused about and, you know, Krista would certainly be a much better person to speak to this because she's always so on top of things. But this live boot camp thing, they say live boot camps are back on the schedule. It's going to be every single Tuesday. But then the caption reads, we're going to be live every Tuesday, but sometimes they'll be pre-recorded. So time will tell if they are actually going to be live every Tuesday or if it'll just be new content delivered at that same time every Tuesday. Gotcha. Anything else? There's uh, there's live midday rows. You know what? I did not even see that. Yeah, because and, I don't have a rower. Right, and it's funny because someone actually, and I forget your name. I'm sorry because I'm not Crystal, but someone on our Facebook page, I think it was, pointed out that when Nikki and Darcy had posted the class schedule, they were like, "There's also a row," and they were both like, "We don't have a rower, so we we wouldn't know that." And so, I think that got added a little later, which is why you weren't aware, but. But someone had to point it out to us, too, where if Crystal was up and running, she'd she'd be all over it. She'd be all over it. Absolutely. So Australian users got this message on their machines this morning, I guess this evening for us, this morning for them. I don't know. They're... But I don't know how the time. I don't know how time. I don't know works. how that works. Yeah, but they got this message when they hopped on their bikes or treads that uh, they are celebrating Pride 365. It says to celebrate Pride in Sydney in 2023, we're championing individuality and diversity of the LGBTQIA plus identities and stories. And I know the user that sent it to us was super excited because they said this is the first time they've really seen something just for Australia in their feed and on their bike. That's a great call out. And I think, you know, they've talked about how they want to keep expanding their international presence. And so it makes sense to give them some specific content. I love that it's pride. Peloton has a strong history of supporting pride here in the U.S. and in the U.K. and now in Australia. So that's awesome. Yeah. And if people are wondering, because I was wondering, I'm like, I thought pride was in June, but I, I could be wrong. I'm straight (laughs) so but uh, so so, uh uh, spoiler alert but so apparently there's a thing called world pride and it's a it happens every two years and it's it's, so it's a biannual event which makes sense right it's biannual and uh Uh (laughs) walked into it yeah and so but uh and it 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 moves around the globe every two years and and this year it's in sydney australia i think that's part of what they're tying into and also if you're wondering what's going on pride is in june this is why you're seeing this in us for australian users in february because it runs i think february 17th through like march something or other so oh i thought it had something to do with that time thing like they're on the other right. side of the yes, world it's so like it's, it's in, not june it's yeah whatever when, when they flush their yeah. toilets it goes counterclockwise yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly yeah world pride was in new york um a few years ago and peloton actually did some cool stuff around that i remember so. yeah it says see. it's been in new york rome london and toronto all right sounds like a good time so tom's guide which is not affiliated with me just to be clear reviewed the peloton guide yeah, and when I read this headline, 
I, my brain turned off for a minute because I did think it had something to do with you. And I was trying to make sense of why do you have a guide? Why are you writing a guide? And then the overall positive review they gave this quote sounds like something you would say, turn your TV into a PT with this clever little device. And I could hear you saying it. So I was very confused, but overall they did give the Peloton guide really great review. I thought it was really interesting though. They said that uh, they thought it was really great for beginners, for beginners into workouts or beginners Mm -hmm. just into the Peloton universe. And I thought that was really interesting because I um, know a lot of people that have the guide who are really experienced, including Crystal, who love it and think it's a great compliment. So I don't know that it's only for beginners, as the review sort of implies. Yeah, I feel like that. Crystal has it. She doesn't use it tons. And I think the review makes a good point that like for people that already have a bike or a tread, it doesn't offer a whole lot that you can't already do with a bike or a tread. Right. And so I think a lot of people bought it just because they're Peloton nerds and they they got to have all the things and the and the price point was cheap enough. So they're like, sure, why not? But I also think it could work in the other end of the spectrum of people that are maybe app users. They're looking to level up but they don't necessarily want to drop $1,500 on a bike or $3,000 on a tread, whatever it's going for these days. And so it's a good way to kind of dip your toe into the water of, of Peloton equipment without actually plumping down or plunking down four figures, you know? Right. Or finding space in your house for it. The guide takes up very little space is my understanding. Fun fact, I did buy it. I was one of the Peloton nerds you referred to. It's still in the box. And I bought that thing on Prime Day. So uh, maybe I'll try it. Maybe after reading your guide, I'll try it. You'll finally cave. Yeah, we'll see. I'm glad I could convince you. (laughs) (laughs) Job well done. So Chase Sapphire Card has had all sorts of Peloton promotions, and they have re-upped their agreement through 2025. That's a long time to re-up the agreement. That is, yeah. But they have been doing it for a few years, so I have to imagine it's been mutually beneficial for the both of them, for them to go ahead and extend it like this. That would be my guess. Yeah, it is cool that you can get bonus points whenever you purchase the equipment, and there's been some sales lately, so you could even double up. Get the equipment on sale, use your Sapphire card, win-win. Get your 100 rides before March 15th, get a free t-shirt out of it. Look at that. You got it all figured out. I do. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I don't have the credit card. I have the equipment. I don't need another t-shirt, so I can't take advantage of it. Somebody listening can. Someone can. You should return your guide and repurchase it. (laughs) There we go. That's one way to do it. Off to the races. So Peloton is hiring, which is interesting because by and large, it seems like a hiring freeze has been in place, but they are looking for a product manager for games, which seems to indicate that they must like the feedback and engagement they're getting from Lane Break, right? I would think so. I thought this was really cool when I saw it on the list because Lane Break is a really cool experience. I think that a lot of people were skeptical when Peloton announced that they were gonna dip their toes in this direction, but it's been a huge success. Everyone I know who's tried it loves it. I tried it, loved it. It was way harder than I thought it was gonna be. (laughs) I thought, oh, okay, we'll play a game. It'll be a nice, easy ride. It was not a nice, easy ride. (laughs) It was really, really difficult. And I think especially for people with 
that little bit of competitive fire in them, it's a really great way to mix up your routine. So I will be very excited to see what they come up with next. Cause this doesn't sound like it's a replacement role. It sounds like they're looking for somebody to develop new uh, games for them. Yeah, exactly. So it, it seems like they don't want lane gate lane break to be the only gamification aspect that they have. So I've always wondered if you'd see any sort of movement towards, you know, how you have artist series now, will you see any sort of crossovers either with other video games or other IPs in general? You know, like I've always thought, who was it? Was it Echelon that did something with Jungle Cruise when it came out? And uh, which seemed weird at the time that they would do like something like that. Well, but they do a lot of things we think are weird, don't the, they? Touche. But uh, <laughs> but like I was like, oh, how cool would it be if you could do like a scenic row, but it's Jungle Cruise, right? And, yeah. And so I wonder if you'll see something like that with other IPs, like so they can start cross promoting with movies or TV shows instead of just musical artists. I think that sounds like a really great opportunity for them. I also want to see games hit the other platforms. I'd love to be able to do something on my tread to switch it up. Yeah, I wonder how you would do that. I wonder what you would, you know, because you also got to think you have to be careful about doing anything that might distract somebody while they're on a tread in a way that you don't have to worry about that on a bike. Sure, that is true. But I'm not applying for this job, so I don't have to problem. <laughs> yeah, you're it. like, that's look, I, I'm an ideas person. <laughs> right. So, I'm an ideas person. Right. I'm not the executor over you're here. You're like, recreate Super Mario out. Brothers and make them jump and hit boxes. and. That's what I was thinking. My kids are really into Sonic the Hedgehog. Can yeah. I run and jump to grab a coin? I don't know. Maybe. Recreate OK Go videos. If they get hurt, that's that's your problem to figure out how to solve that product manager games <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right so if you're applying for this role be ready be ready for that that's my suggestion peloton stock ticker so we're still seeing articles from last week about last week's earnings call forbes has uh kind of a backhanded compliment of an article <laughs> talking about Peloton uh, stock has more upside despite struggling equipment business. And that, what do they say? That's their outlook is marginally positive. Yeah. And they made sure also to point out how down it is from peak pandemic days, yeah. still, uh, which we know, we know, but it was nice to see the tide turning a little bit. It was nice to see that stock going up and to start to feel like, okay, these changes that they're making are doing something over here for sure and look i mean obviously uh, i think a lot of places have been setting the stock target now at around 19 dollars, which is great because it had been living in about in that seven to eight dollar range and obviously you want to see it get back to ipo levels and uh, and above but i think you also need to make your peace with the fact that 170 was pandemic driven and it's it's like if that's your metric for success this company will always be a failure to you. Like they're, they're, they're just not going to get back to 170. That's absolutely right. And when the IPO was issued, I believe it was a $21. Was it 21 or 29? Uh, I don't know. I thought for some reason in my head, I have 29, but, um, but I don't, I don't remember but it was in the twenties. Whatever it is, we are getting closer for sure to that and away from the five, $6 range, which is good. Yes. Yeah. We don't want to get, down delisted or made a penny stock that's for sure right. and i can say we because we bought some 
you can definitely say what you've done. So, and then uh, while we're talking about stock stuff, Motley Fool had an article about where will Peloton stock be in one year? It's interesting. They still call it Peloton Interactive. Does anybody else call it that? Yeah. So, you know, I'm in marketing, Tom. And when I read this article, I just saw a SEO strategy all over it. This yeah. article has a lot of words and says absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of Motley Fool's business model. Yeah. And like, and we we've we've bagged on them for years about how they'll, they'll a lot of times they'll do two articles that say totally different things in very close proximity to each other. Yes, that's right. So they kind of covered all grounds here. They give you a whole history lesson on Peloton and everything, just to make sure that when you're searching, you find this blog post. But um, yeah, if you're interested, it's there. I'm yeah. sure the link will be in the news. God, I hate how they write articles like that now. How, how it's like I get a lot of Disney stuff sent to me in my feed about about the theme parks and like everyone. It's like as soon as I start reading, I'll just scroll past like literally like the first five paragraphs because it's like Disney World was founded in 1971. And I'm like, I, yeah, I, I know that. Have you ever tried to find a recipe online? No. I don't it's, cook or okay. eat adventurously. So don't. You're good. Good for you. <laughs> if you look up a basic recipe for the most basic meal you can think of, you will have to read about the summers the blog writer spent with her grandmother in Connecticut <laughs> and a special coat that she wore. It, it was it's pages and pages and pages, and finally they're like, and it only two ingredients in twenty minutes. <laughs> it, it takes you longer to read the story behind the recipe than it does for you to actually cook the meal. It's infuriating. And then finally they're like, so here's how you make scrambled eggs. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yes. And that is what this Motley Fool article reminded me of. <laughs> yeah, I get that. So coming up after the break, Dr. Jen is going to talk to us about dealing with a chaotic schedule. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? <laughs> well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away a hundred or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles for your $25 you're not sacrificing comfort safety or style if you want to support the show and pick up a pair gooder is giving the clip out listeners free shipping on their first order just go to gooder.com slash tco that's g-o-o-d-r.com and use code tco to get free shipping gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it <laughs> it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually 
really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread. Like I did not feel like I was giving up something. I was surprised at how big each slice of bread was. Here's the real test of a piece of bread. (laughs) I didn't make a sandwich with these. I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Getting this psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. You may know her from VH1's Couples Therapy with Dr. Jen or VH1's Family Therapy with Dr. Jen or her long-running radio show, The Dr. Jen Show. She's written four best-selling books, including The Relationship Fix, Dr. Jen's Six-Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection, and Intimacy. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hi. Hello. Okay, we have one from May Serkoff. Do we catch you off guard? No, I <laughs> I had something I was going to say, and then it just like went away. I was ah. going to say something about your intro there, and then psh, it was gone. Just, gotcha. That's forty four. Chalk it up to my age. It's gonna get worse before it gets better. I it's know. Not gonna get better. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. No problem. <laughs> All right. So May. Now, May has been on the show before, Dr. Jen. And I don't know if you've ever heard us talk about her, but she's one of Peloton's older writers. She's had an amazing life. She's been everywhere. She's done everything. And she's super fun. She has been around Peloton for a long time. And so she is trying to make the best of the chaotic scheduling, her words. <laughs> um, she finds that without consistency, she's getting bored. She's given up hope with the pro cyclist coming back and bumbling along like she is bumbling along she's trying to find a new place and it's really a struggle for her look first of all i i would recommend that she meet with someone like a trainer or someone who knows about it and is also a peloton person like crystal for example to do a consultation so that you can sit down with someone to really look through and and say okay let's try something different and really help you put together an actual schedule that's different than what you've been doing that also will kind of say like hey why don't you try a shadow boxing class or like hey how about pilates or what about this dance class like some of there are all of these classes that a lot of the sort of regulars don't necessarily do. And I know when I've kind of gotten into a bit of a, a bind where I'm like, oh, I'm just kind of doing the same stuff over and over again. When I meet with the person who I meet with on a regular basis, every once in a while, they'll be like, well, what about this? What about instead of doing strength, do strength for runners? And even though it's a simple change, it feels so different and it feels refreshing and it's really positive. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yes, definitely. I agree with that. And I know May has done a lot of power zone training and and she likes the power zone training. She likes the getting up at 6 a.m. We all used to have that 6 a.m. the live ride. So I think that's part of what's tough is there's not as many live rides. I definitely think mixing it up and trying out some different classes that might be live in the morning might be a good idea. They do have those strength roll calls every morning at 630 Eastern. So that might be something for her. For sure. Shake it up. For for now. Yeah. Oh, Tom. <laughs> what, no, <I'm> just 
Why? Why? <laughs> I'm just saying that's part of people's frustration. No, though, it right? is. They're like it you, is. you do. You get used to a, to a rhythm, and then they disrupt it. They do. Yeah. But, but also the people, the the instructors have to have changes too. Like right. they. Not everybody likes to get up at, you know, four o'clock in the morning to teach a class. So I, or I know to take a class. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. Oh, I know. Too funny. But 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 May, I hope that helps in some way. And let us know if maybe you found something new. We'd love to hear about it. Absolutely. So thank you so much for all that. Until next time, where can people find you? Um, at Dr. Jen Mann on all social media, two ends on Jen, two ends on Mann. Wonderful. Thank you. Instructors in the news. So Matt Welpers got married over the weekend in Nicaragua. He did. And it looked so beautiful and so fun. There were so many instructors there. You're showing the video now that Cody Rigsby was the flower girl. Yes. He had nice floral pants on. He made a nice production of sprinkling the flowers everywhere and seems like he was a really big hit as he came down the aisle with his little <laughs> basket. I would expect nothing less. Cody's always a hit. That is true. I, uh, hopefully, I mean, I guess they must have asked him to do that. How do you, do you think he offered or do you think, cause you can't just go to a grown man and be like, do you want to be our flower girl? We're going to spell it with a U. It'll be funny. Okay. So I, <laughs> I see what you're saying. I also don't think that a grown man can go to his buddy and be like, can I please be your flower girl in your I wedding? That's Cody really can. <laughs> I don't know. He had to have been asked, but I'll tell you what delighted me is Cody and Matt are not two people who I really tie together. They have very different styles. So I just thought that was so cool to see him that involved it's in the, the wedding. It's the buddy cop movie. You didn't know you wanted. <laughs> and now I want it. Yes. Maybe that's what he was filming there last you go. week. Oh, now yes. could be onto something. You like that? You like that callback? I do. Tom? Thanks for listening. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny with him being the flower girl. Somewhere I, I picture like a seven-year-old girl sitting there with her arms crossed at the wedding. Like, like Should've I could be doing me. this. That's my job. We're taking my job. Should have been me. That's yes. right. <laughs> It seemed like all the instructors were really involved in the wedding, though. I saw a video that I think it was Emma Lovewell who posted it, but it was her, Allie, Hannah Corbin, some other people, I'm sorry. But they said when the it, the caption said something along the lines of when the groom asks you to learn choreography for his wedding, you learn the choreography. <laughs> and uh, they, it, they must have put on a whole production there, those Peloton instructors. Yeah, it's uh, the full list of attendees of instructor attendees include Dennis Morton, Adrian Williams, Ali Love, Olivia Amato, Kristen McGee, Hannah Corbin, Alex Toussaint, Hannah Frankson, Cody, obviously, Emma Lovewell, Christine Dirkerle, Tunde, and Jess Sims. So it was a full house for Matt Wilpers. It sure was. And it's a good thing they've grown their instructor roster because there was a time that that list would have shut the entire Peloton studio down. No kidding. Yeah. Especially with them launching their new schedule. <laughs> it looked like they had a great time, though. It looked absolutely beautiful. And congratulations to Matt and his new wife. So, and I know nothing about his wife. Maybe you don't either. Is she from Nicaragua? Is that like, why did they pick Nicaragua? Do we know? So I know that they got engaged there. Okay. But I do not know anything about her aside gotcha. from that. Well, then we will let you off the hook. 
thank you and not to be outdone with wedding news marcel mar i hope i'm saying that right got engaged he did and he posted a really beautiful picture they look so happy and so content together that really warmed my heart to see it i would so hope congrats to them <laughs> yeah <laughs> it really made me mad to see it, people so happy yeah. can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> like, no i mean i hope they look happy in their picture like if you can't look happy in that one like just cut and run that's my advice yeah yeah that's probably good advice so Black History Month is upon us, and Tunday will be hosting a virtual event on for Peloton called the Power of Community. This is really cool, Tom, because I don't know that I've ever seen Peloton do this outside of a homecoming event. Uh-huh. The community is actually invited to register. So Peloton always, you see, especially when they were in the office, would be having conversations like this for their staff but they've never invited the broader community to attend. And I think it's really neat that they did that. You can go to the site and register. It is free and it is on Wednesday, February 15th at 3.15 PM Eastern time. That's awesome. It's, it's interesting. Cause I think, I think tonal has done stuff like this in the past. So I don't know if that has affected their desire to do things like, or willingness to do things like this, or if it's just a coincidence that they, they might not pay any attention to Peloton or to Tonal whatsoever. I just know that they had done stuff like this. I know they've backed off of it recently. I don't think because of they've changed their opinion of Black History Month, but I think because they got rid of a bunch of instructors and it got really weird for them. And so they stopped doing things like this because people would just come on and yell at them. So I think they were trying to let that calm down. But I just I know I know Tonal has done things like this in the past. I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. I hope people don't log on and yell at them. For oh, this they weren't getting yelled at for doing a Black History Month thing. They were getting yelled at because for firing their instructors for, for getting rid of all like basically all of their instructors simultaneously and bringing in new ones. And so they just kind of like scaled back their their live interaction to let that die down. And then yeah. there's been layoffs and things like that. So I just, this hasn't kind of fired back up yet. I'll be interested to see if this is something that Peloton is doing as a one-time only, or if it's just a new way for their them to engage with the community. Now that it's massive right. in this post-pandemic world, you know we can't have homecomings anymore in person. That's been proven, and now maybe this is a way to stretch that out throughout the course of the year to help members feel more connected. Yeah, I also feel like Tunde really wants to have more of a hosting role. Like, not that she doesn't want to teach classes, but I just kind of feel like maybe her career arc is looking towards something like that because you see her doing a lot of this with her speak series. And then, you know, they had that podcast that like kind of came and went. I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. still out there somewhere or if, you know, I don't know if it's ever coming back or if it was just wasn't worth their time. I don't know, but they keep playing with all these different ways to engage people. And I've noticed Tunde has been kind of at the forefront on, on a lot of them, not all of them, obviously, but on a lot of them. So I just, I kind of, I kind of wonder if, if she's, driving that to some degree like hey i'm interested in doing this let's find things for me to work on it's possible she's really good at it she is so i could absolutely see that happening robin arzan is going on a book tour for her new book strong baby she is and she's uh getting to both coasts in 24 hours which is amazing um (laughs) like phil collins like phil collins at live aid Sure. Do you remember that? He's the only artist at Live Aid that played at Wembley and wherever it was in the States. Like he 
he yeah he he opened the show in london and then got on a plane and flew to wherever it was over here and then did another another set i think he played drums for zeppelin that's pretty impressive what year was that 85 i think yeah. i was two so that's okay. probably why i don't that's, remember that's enough Maybe. out of you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Gina can't be with us any longer. Yes, I, the, the Zoom link is getting real fuzzy. <laughs> so Robin's starting her tour with a virtual event, which is nice. And then um, she has a speaking engagement in New York on the 22nd of February. And then the very next day, she's in Menlo Park, California. That's so a whole... when I was pregnant, I didn't get off the couch, let alone fly and do events on each coast in a matter of 24 hours. Yeah, I forgot but... about the whole she's doing this while pregnant thing. Yeah, but she, you know, strong baby, strong mama. She she can do it. If anyone yeah. can do it, it's Robin. Extra. You have quite a few windows open. Yeah. You can probably close the ones that we. That's what about, I just yeah. did. So okay. And while we're speaking of Robin, we finally have some insight as to what the Swagger Society actually gets you. Do we? <laughs> I can tell the way you were giving me side eye. You're like, really? Does this make sense to you? I don't know. They yeah, said, she said we? things. It says benefits and access, and then there's little check marks. And so I guess that it says so for benefits, behind the scenes messages from Robin. You get that with tier one, tier two, and non members. And then limited edition Swagger Society merchandise, tier one early VIP access. So. You get that tier one and tier two, but non-members have to earn it. It doesn't say what you have to do to earn it. I'm going to guess you have to have some swagger, first and foremost. <laughs> that seems to be a requirement. I saw this in my feed, and admittedly, I went from, I couldn't even have the brain space for this because I didn't understand it, to like, okay, now I'm actually a little bit intrigued. Before, yeah. I, I couldn't even look at it because I had no idea what was going on. Now I'm like, all right, what is it that you're doing? I still don't know that we have a whole lot of insight on what this all is but it does seem like maybe it's some way for people to connect with her outside of peloton yeah because it says so you also get personalized motivational messages from robin and you get award hustle points to community members i'm assuming i'm just reading between the lines this is my interpretation so don't hold robin to this if i'm wrong but i feel like the hustle points are probably how you earn things that sounds like a reasonable assumption. And I will say Robin is always so good about engaging with her community. Yeah. Um, for a long time, she was one of the first people that I saw and maybe even the first instructor, if I'm wrong, I apologize, but she had one of those text numbers. Oh where yeah. You could, she could text you about mm -hmm. stuff and you could text her. And I will tell you, I texted her once after a ride right. and she sent me a personalized voice note in response. Oh, wow. And I was shocked because I thought that we like, were getting like. You thought this was bullshit. <laughs> I mean. You're like the marketing person. And you was like, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole just to see what it is. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I wanted to like see the engagement. And yeah. I was fully expecting that her assistant was on the other side. Right. back like you've got this queen, right? Yeah. And instead, I got a voice memo that was very clearly Robin, who was responding exactly to what I said. It wasn't like a pre-recorded, you right. got this queen. She addressed the text that I had sent her. Yeah. So 
I, knowing that, and that was years ago now, but knowing that I do think that once the pieces of this come into play and we understand a little bit more that it will be enticing and that people who are looking for some extra connection with her will find it here. I, you know, I, I know she's been taking a lot of heat in some quarters for it. And based on like you telling that story, it makes me think that there must be more to this or and she must be pretty confident because she doesn't seem to be backing off of it at all. Well, Robin's confident. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> Robin's a lot of people out there like, no being shit confident. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If anyone's confident, it's Robin. So yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued now. I'm, yeah. I was um, in the beginning. I was like, come on, what is this? But now I'm intrigued. Yeah. Also, just running down the other things, it says you also get access to in-person meetups, tier one guests get tier one gets vip access with a plus one and then uh you also have uh, robin's annual swagger society community event and tier one gets a plus one so i guess tier one is just you and then the earned is depends on how much you earn right and then uh accountability coaching sessions with swagger society it doesn't say robin though it's a swagger society no, it didn't. Yeah. i noticed that and then partnerships and collabs but i don't know what that means it is starting to come into focus for those who are interested. Cody had a whole little run of things going on. Let's start with the, the less controversial controversy, which is he started a something of a firestorm over whether or not you should wash chicken before you cook it. Listen, if there's ever any question about whether the word Peloton get you yeah. clicks and views this it is settled yes i cannot believe that i'm currently looking at an article that says should you wash chicken peloton instructor <laughs> cody rigsby sparks fiery debate yeah that's crazy do you but wa- i do wash my chicken do you i've never I washed my it. chicken i rinse it off because it just i don't like the way it feels i don't like touching it i don't like the way it feels and i just I rinse it off. Yeah, I mean, uncooked chicken is gross, but uh, it's disgusting. But yeah, and I I make chicken all the time for the MetPro thing that I do, and sure. I throw it in the air fryer. But I've never washed it, and I guess so far so good. But here we are having a fiery debate about it. Yeah, I they were right. I wouldn't call it fiery. <laughs> it was more just like no. I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just like I'm cooking it. Right. Like if I'm if I cooked it, I can't wash the inside of it. What are you washing off the chicken? Do you wash your beef before you cook? It sounds dirty when I say like you wash your beef, but do you wash your beef before you cook it? You rinse off a steak? No. So why would you rinse off? You're making a good point. Yeah. Like what would you rinse off the chicken? What would be on the chicken that's not on the steak? There's like slime on uncooked chicken. But the slime's also going to be in the chicken. Well, Sure, chickens are inherently slimy, and so you cook it, and then it's less slimy, and now it's edible. I want you to put a poll in the Facebook group asking if people wash their chicken. That's too much work. We need to know, (laughs) and it needs to be yes, no, or third option. Yes, I was influenced by Cody. Like I didn't (laughs) until Cody did it. Well, even he said he he sometimes washes his chicken. That I don't get. Either wash it or don't. You're either right. a washer or you're a not washer. Yes. You can't ride the middle lane on this. No. Pick one. Absolutely. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so while we're talking about Cody, we should address the fact that uh, so the more controversial controversy he found himself embroiled in this week was somebody tagged him in a post for an exercise, a fitness studio in Scottsdale, Arizona, owned by a woman named Christina Gerard, I hope I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not, especially because she'll take me down on on the gram if I got it wrong. 
I haven't seen the footage of her classes, but I guess there's choreography involved, kind of comparable to a soul cycle is what I'm envisioning. Yeah. So it's one of those spin classes where there's a lot of choreography involved that actually kind of reminded me of the groove rides that Cody himself used to do, but a little bit more dancing, a little bit more dancing than that. Gotcha. And so he and replied to getting tagged. They were like, oh, you need to do stuff. Peloton needs to do this and Cody needs to delete it. And he said something to the effect of that's dangerous and a joke. And then and then she yeah. took to took the gram and took him to task. She did. She didn't just take him to the grand. I actually stumbled across the story on TikTok. Okay. She took him to task there also. And this woman, good for her, has built a really strong community through her studio in Scottsdale, Arizona. So they were all over. Right. She has like, like, what did it say? Like a million and a half TikTok TikTok followers or something? (laughs) I'm 52 years old. You're showing your age, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. You were born in 85. I was born in 70. So. (laughs) 83. Okay. Not. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. At least it was was to your advantage. Sure. Sure. But uh, so, but is it dangerous? Like I've always heard that this kind of stuff is kind of dangerous. I mean, at least I would think it's dangerous for Peloton because if someone fails in her studio, if they, if they fall off the bike, and they get hurt, she's there to help them. But if right. you're riding your bike at home and you suck at this, you, you like there's there's potentially no one there to assist you. Now, I will say, I think he said it inartfully. Like, it, I agree, you know, but I, I definitely think there's a big difference between this sort of a spin class when you have other people there to pick you up if you fall, then there is doing it in the privacy of your own home where quite possibly you're you're all by yourself and also people can't judge your capabilities like some people ride the bike with different abilities whether it's a limb difference or and i'm not saying those people can't do it but maybe some of some of them aren't sure and if they're trying it by themselves who knows what could happen or some people ride the bike and they're 90 years old they're out there you know yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as somebody who used to take in-person spin classes, it was super common for the instructor to shout out modifications if somebody was dealing with an injury. You'd let them know in advance and they'd say, like, we're getting out of the saddle, but you stay in it right. to help you with your form along the way. Yeah. You're absolutely right. In person, I mean, a business wouldn't be able to get insurance coverage on that business if it was that much of a liability, right? right. So I don't, I agree that for Peloton, it would be a really not great decision to offer a class like that but you're absolutely right he could have had a little bit more tact yeah in his response recognizing he's one of the most high profile peloton instructors there are right and yeah he stepped in it a bit yeah now the other thing on this though was not a lot of people knew about that controversy until he posted the apology video and then they went looking for it. Right. So if you looked in the comments of the apology, a lot of people were saying, what's this about? Somebody fill me in. I don't know what you're talking about. So I think he did the right thing in apologizing. I, but I also think it made it, it, it grew the audience for the controversy. Most likely, but yeah, but we should say that he did issue an apology. So like that first, so credit where credit is due. Yeah. I wonder, though, if he reached out to her directly to do it or if he just did a public one. Hmm. That's a good point. I don't know. Hmm. Neither do I. <laughs> Crystal would probably know. She would know. <laughs> That's why she's clip out Crystal. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just comic relief. <laughs> More Cody news. Yes, while huh? we're while we're on Cody, this is the last Cody story. Uh, not ever, but this episode. He was featured in L Magazine, the Canadian edition. This was a cute little article, a little how the sausage gets made with his LOL Cody series. Uh-huh. I really enjoyed the read. One of the questions they asked him was who his dream guest would be. And when I saw that they were asking him that, I'm like, I thought we already did this. I thought it would be JC from NSYNC, and he got him. Right. Check. And he actually acknowledged that, but he said uh, Shangela would be a dream guest. And then also Lance Bass. Lance Bass and Cody Rigsby share the same talent agent. Well, that seems like something that should be achievable then. I would think so. I would think so. And so, and I'm sorry, I have to ask, who is Shangela? So Shangela is from, I'm going to get this wrong. Let me, I believe Shangela was on Drag Race. Yes, she was. Okay. And, you know, she may have even been on Dancing with the Stars, though. I don't think it was Cody's season. Gotcha. Yeah, it would be fun, though. So Susie Chan was invited to participate in Badwater, which is, Crystal tells me, one of the hardest, if not the hardest ultra marathon style thingy out there. I know they have a better way to say it than that, but keep in mind. Surely they don't. That has to be it, right? (laughs) Ultra marathon thingy, (laughs) hard time running. Yeah, I think that's the official tagline on it. Yeah. This is invite only too. And she said she's been waiting 12 years to get an invite. So that's really cool for her that she's going to get to check this off her bucket list. It is called the world's toughest race. And it goes from Death Valley to Mount Whitney, California. Which I believe Mount Whitney has like an 8,000 feet elevation and you're starting in Death Valley. And like, I guess in the Death Valley party, it gets into like the 120s. Crystal was telling me that there was some uh, other lady that Su- I, maybe Susie Chan was talking about that ran it that did the whole race on like 400 calories. And my first thought was like, why would you do that? And she was like, oh, it wasn't intentional, but she kept throwing up. And so because it was so hard. And so she ended up only really having, you know, in terms of actual calories, consuming 400 calories. You've got to really want to do this to complete it while vomiting. Yes, I concur wholeheartedly. I don't know that I've ever wanted anything that bad in my life. Yeah, I would agree. So (laughs) I... (laughs) Good for her, though. Yeah. I, I know mean, when it's they say really it's, cool. When they say it's the world's toughest race, and I was like, well, I think the one Crystal did on Sunday was a little tougher. <laughs> she wasn't technically racing, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know she was racing that SUV, I guess. Yes, but, but she, did, yeah, she didn't um, go into it knowing it was going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really neat, um, and it'll be fun to follow. I'm sure that she will let us in on her training journey and the entire experience as the instructors always do when they're doing stuff like that. Absolutely. So uh, past guest Allie from Allie on the run has talks to Peloton instructors all the time. And she had the aforementioned Susie Chan on her most recent episode, uh, number 608. I did not listen to that. There's a lot to consume out there. It's okay. There's a lot of Peloton material to consume, oh, but I, I have listened it. to Allie on the run before and it is a great show. Oh, she's, she was a lot of fun. So Leanne Hainsby was posting this week, just kind of talking about dealing with the side effects of her chemo treatment, whether it be eyebrow tattoos or fake eyelashes. I think it's absolutely amazing how vulnerable and transparent Leanne is being with all of this. She said, 
you know, people are saying how amazing it is that her hair hasn't fallen out. And she said, you're wrong. My hair has fallen out and my ponytails, every single hair is strategically placed on my head so that you can't tell my eyebrows are tattooed on. She is just what an incredible person. Um, Get back on the bike the way that she has and to share and be as vulnerable as she has been being with millions and millions of people. I just think it's absolutely incredible. And of course, I love seeing also that Ben is by her side through all of it. Absolutely. It's uh, I'm I'm sure it's quite a struggle. So it's it's it, it takes a lot. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, it absolutely would. And she was also featured in uh, Cosmo UK. There's an article there if you want to check that out. Christine D'Ercole's, uh running club. I what's it called? I am. I can. I will. I do. Did I get there? In you right, did. You got it. In That's the right order. Mantra. I thought I was going to get it in yeah. the wrong order. No, you got it. Okay. You got it. Was named the top running club of the year by USA Cycling. How about that? That is really, really cool. And it says that there were over 130 entries for that award. Wow. So they beat out a lot of people to get that. That is a really big achievement. Super high honor and very cool to see the connection. She posted about it on Facebook and is rightfully proud. She should be. Yeah. Allie Love was on uh, the Take Command podcast, which is part of the Dale Carnegie collection of podcasts. I didn't know Dale Carnegie was still a thing. Neither did I. That was actually the most surprising part (laughs) for me as well. Um, But it sounds like she talks about her journey. Allie does have a really incredible story about how, and I'm sure you've talked about it on the podcast before, but she wanted to be a dancer and then she suffered major injuries and came back, came back and is dancing and is a Peloton instructor yeah. and is hosting a bunch of stuff. And, you know, she's um, hugely successful. An career. She's hugely successful in a career that she didn't even know existed as a potentiality when she began her career path. You know, sure. you, you know what I'm saying? Like she, like Peloton wasn't an option sure. when she started down, when she went down, her, when she decided whatever career she wanted to get into. Right. And yeah. so I, I tell this to the kids all the time when they're talking about colleges and where they want to go, I'm like, have a dream, but be prepared to pivot. Cause there are so many things out there that you don't exist or, and like in her case, don't exist yet. And you don't yeah. even know. And that, you know, you, you find yourself preparing for it. And you don't even realize you're preparing for it. If you like Maddie Majacomo is another good example. Like if you go on YouTube, you can find all this footage of him, like hosting red carpet segments for different, different networks. And it's like, and clearly that's a skill that serves him well, but at no point was he like, I'm doing this so I can teach tread instructing. Right. Absolutely. I think any instructor hired before probably 2018 had a similar story. None of them. Alex Toussaint was mopping floors at yeah. a local spin studio. I mean, none of them ever dreamt that this was possible because it didn't even exist. And look at them now. Yeah. The height of success before Peloton was if you became, you know, a personal trainer to the stars, right? If you got sure. a couple famous clients, that was success and that was making real money. So it's like the idea that you could, that that could be a path to stardom was just not even a thing. Yeah. And what's fascinating is, I'm not even aware of any Peloton instructors who were on that path you just said. It's not like they pulled in celebrity trainers, you right. know, that, oh, I was Jennifer Aniston's yoga instructor. It, they really pulled in people from a wide variety 
and um, made them all these celebrity instructors yeah. now. And, you know, cool. if you think about it, especially at the beginning, they probably had to because if you're Jennifer Aniston's yoga instructor, you're already making good bank. You're not walking away from that for a startup. Right. Well, right. So they Absolutely. kind of, they kind of had to moneyball it, and now they probably don't want those people, right? Like they've already got such a brand, and Peloton such a big brand. Like they, they want to bring in people where they're like, "You can be famous, but we're the brand." That's right, and I'm sure they have no shortage of applicants for those roles. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, and then finally for this segment, Alex Toussaint is competing on the NBA all-star celebrity game again this year. He, he played last year and absolutely killed it. Yeah. He didn't just play. He won the MVP award and his team won. So that was really neat. I know, I know Alex and he loves Dwayne Wade. So I'm sure he is super excited to be on team Dwayne this year. And yeah, it should be fun. My elder millennial heart got excited to see the Miz on the team because I remember the Miz from when he was on the real world, the real world. Yeah. <laughs> Way and back in the day. Yeah. I think it's so funny that he's like, like famous for wrestling now. Cause that's all he ever talked about on the real world was he wanted to be a wrestler and that he yes. actually made that. Ha- now I know he, part of how he got to make it happen was the juice that real world gave him, but, sure. but all that does ultimately is open a door and and he was able to stick with it and become successful in that world on on his own because that world it like i wouldn't think the average wwe fan is a real world fan so if anything it probably worked against him at the beginning like it op- it was a double edged sword right it opened a door for him but a lot of the fans were probably like real world absolutely and it's not like the real world is just this breeding ground for celebrity i think <laughs> Yeah, you probably couldn't name most people who've been on the real world. Um, I remember so, Puck, yeah. but it's only one word that I have to remember. And he's the most memorable person to come out of the real world, yes. probably. I mean, that guy was problematic. Very. And then there was the other guy on that one who like is big in the comic book world, or at least he was. I, I have I I haven't read newer ones for a while, but he uh, he like was working on like major DC comics for for a good chunk of I can see his face and I don't remember his name. Yeah. yeah. But either way, Alex will be playing yes. <laughs> in the All-Star Celebrity Game. Um, uh, and I actually saw that he, it looks like he hired a basketball coach to help him get ready. Well, but did he like, what, like, is there like an MVRP? Like, what? <laughs> Like you don't like we saw what you did last year. You don't have to get ready. You are ready. Well, so Alex always says that you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. So he is practicing what he preaches and he is staying ready for this game. Maybe this is like a Miz situation. He is working at Peloton and he's trying to use that to get into the NBA. Crazier things could happen. That is true. I don't know that we could roll it out. I don't know that we could roll it out. Coming up after this, we're going to talk to Angelo from MetPro. He's going to have tips for you on how to stay consistent. Clip out. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Angelo from MetPro here to answer all of your nutrition questions to help you achieve your fitness goals. Hello. Hi. 
Hey guys, thanks for having me back. Well, thank you for coming back after we put you on the hot seat last time. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so this question comes from Amy Robinson, and I feel like a lot of people can, you know, identify with this, or it resonates with a lot of people. She would like to know how do you stay consistent, whether it's food or working out. Like, how do you get that consistency down? <clears throat> I, I okay, so I actually I've got the answer for this. You ready, oh, Amy? There you go. The answer is accountability. Oh, now the, the trick is it can come from any number of places. So uh, we are in the accountability business. That's what we do at MetPro. We help people with that accountability, and it is just a fundamental law of humanity that we are willing to let ourselves down sooner than we will someone else. And so when you have a coach and when you're working with someone, yes, of course, there's a science side and the manipulation and all that Make sure you're on a optimized program, but it cannot be understated. The benefits of having someone that you're accountable to because it really pushes you to stay consistent. So it's the same principle, psychological principle behind so many, you know, with the seven step programs that are out there, always part of it is sharing your journey, verbalizing, committing audibly. Here's what I'm doing to someone else or to other people. So if you're doing this on your own and you want additional uh, accountability, share what you're doing with others. Be practical. Make a plan in advance. So if you want to exercise daily or four days a week or three days, whatever it is, if your plan is to say, well, I'm going to find some time to exercise tomorrow, it's not going to happen. I mean, I'm in the coaching business. This I have this conversation day in and day out. I can sniff it coming a mile away. <laughs> Someone tells me I'm going to work out. I know whether they're actually going to or not. What time? What time? <laughs> Taken if they so much as hesitate, <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> so you have to. It's the truth. I love the way you leaned in, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. You have to plan in advance and have a routine. If you know when it's going to happen, if it's on the calendar, it's go. Then your follow through is significantly higher. They've done studies on this. When somebody is trying to get into a routine for regular exercise, every hour past noon that goes by, statistically, mathematically, you are percentages less likely mm -hmm. to exercise that day. So if you don't know where to start, try and exercise earlier in the day. If you can't exercise early in the day, anchor it to something you won't miss. I tell a lot of you picking up kids from school, perfect workout right before or after that, because I know you're not going to leave Johnny sitting in front of the school until nine 30 at night. Ah, sure. So anchor, I actually did this in a seminar years ago. I had everyone in the room divide up by different nutritional strategies they've implemented. And, you know, oh, I've, I've counted calories or oh, I've cut carbs or oh, I've, done this or done that. Or, and I said, okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to split up the room. We're just going to create a mental hypothesis here. This third of the room is going to count calories. That third of the room is going to keep their carbs under this number. And this third of the room over here, they're going to eat whatever the heck they want. Here's the catch. 
They can only eat what they've prepared in advance the day before. Oh. They have to make their food in advance. Which group you think lost more weight every single time? That last one. Yeah. It, it's all intention and prep outranks any other strategy. You may have the greatest strategy in the world. If you were a fly on the wall with my initial, any of our coaches conversations with their client day one, here's what we hear a lot. It's like, Oh yeah, I started, I already lost this much weight and this happened. And I'm already seeing it. I'm doing it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny, I don't care. Here's what I want to know. You're not getting graded mm -hmm. based on pounds lost. <laughs> Week one, you are getting graded based on routine and preparation. And it's my job to teach you all the little tricks of the trade to do that quickly so it's not cumbersome in your life. But you're getting graded on preparation because even if someone struggles with the execution, Amy, if you have those pieces in place and something is prepped, then you have the tools to not just have a win for a day or a week, but frankly, a lifetime. So the number one thing that I tell people is here's your priority. When it comes to nutrition, if you can just do one thing, prepare in advance an afternoon snack and commit to it. I won't get into all the reasons why we actually use a weird one, an afternoon snack. But trust me, there's a lot of disruptive benefits to that. If you can do that and you can execute on that, then I want you to commit to a clean breakfast and an afternoon snack. That is a great start that literally anyone can do. If you check that off, then go breakfast, lunch, afternoon snack and get those dialed in. Simultaneously commit to, I don't care how hard you train. I don't care how long you train for. My first month of working with a client, what I care very much about is frequency and consistency. Pick the lowest common denominator, do something very easy so you can commit to and re be a repeat uh, with your exercise. Get consistent first. Once you have the routine and the consistency in place, then we can start layering on intensity. So that's my best, my best throw for uh, <laughs> my best pitch for, uh, you know, a five minute response. <laughs> Awesome. It was great. It was. So uh, if people would like something like this laid out for them personally, where can they find you? Metpro.co slash TCO. Uh, we would, I would love to visit with you. Thank you. Thank you. In case you missed it. So there was a team call this week, which is where they kind of get everybody on the phone, even the stores, what's left of them, and mm -hmm. uh, they have a conversation. And so we had uh, some just some intel from things that were said on the team call. Thought you might like to hear. I knew this was going to happen. Uh, so Barry said he's not going anywhere and the company is not up for sale. Yeah, he was very adamant that like he is here for the long haul and that no matter what you read, they are not shopping this company. So I thought that was really interesting for a number of reasons. One, he never said that he was leaving or that the company was going up for sale. So it just shows you how quickly and how massive rumors can get that start from who knows where. From, no, from, felt like, from people from wanting nowhere. clicks, like you said right. earlier. Like, I mean, because we saw an article like that. We didn't cover it because we were like, this article is bullshit. And, and it was on Yahoo. Like, it wasn't even on like something small. It was like on Yahoo Finance. And they're like, is Apple buying Peloton? And then when you read it, it's like, well, maybe it's this a guy being like, I think Apple should buy. It. I'm like, really? That's right. 
that's a, a Yahoo Finance article now. And so people just keep having this dream that they're going to sell it to some other big company and then it's going to be amazing again. And I'm just like, well, it is amazing. And it's already there. Your yeah. expectations are pandemic level and you need to adjust them. Right. And um, but the rumors got so huge that he actually had to comment on it. That's wild to me. Yeah. And then I also thought you just said it. I saw this the day after I saw a headline saying that both Nike and Apple wanted to buy Peloton. I didn't even click on it. Yeah. Because it's just always clickbait. Right. Right. But he said it himself. Yeah. So they're not for sale. They're not for sale. Not on his watch. So Peloton announced this week that they are introducing Yen Yoga. Does that mean anything to you? Kind of, sort of. When I saw this, I actually thought, I wish they would do a better job of educating around the different types of yoga because I've been doing yoga for a long time. Yoga is actually one of my favorite offerings from Peloton. Yeah. And I don't really understand the difference between all of the different classes. They all feel the same to me. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Let's leave that door open as a possibility. <laughs> Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Uh, though Dr. Chelsea Jackson Roberts would say you can't do it wrong. So I will believe that. But it says that yin yoga focuses on stillness within the body, featuring a slow, steady paced practice along with deeper poses for meditative exploration. It sounds relaxing. Yeah. Yeah, like I'll said, I, try. I know nothing about yoga and I don't do it. No. And, and as I get teased about when I do do the tonal, I skip the the stretches at the end. I'll do the ones at the beginning, but at the end, I'm like, I've done the working. I'm done now. So I, uh, I know Crystal and Dr. Jen both make that same face at me, but I always tell people it's like, I say this about when people get on me about how I eat too. I'm like, you don't go into an AA meeting and yell at them for smoking, right? Like you pick your battles. (laughs) Like you got them to stop drinking, like let them have their camels. Right. So, but, uh, but I will say that, uh, uh, we have an article about this on our website. I think it went up while we were recording this episode. So if you want more information about it, you can check theclipout.com or check the Clipout page or the group on Facebook. And, and you can find it on there. Um, just kind of going into more detail about what this is, because I don't know. And I think at least we know listeners don't expect me to know. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't know me at all. So they can't have expectations. Yes, they have me, zero right? expectations. Exactly. I like, I like living life like that. Same. <laughs> you, it's a, it's like my favorite line from say anything, you know, when you start off the day, uh, mildly depressed, everything's a pleasant surprise. <laughs> we should That's also funny. point out this week that the Peloton original bike went on sale via Woot, which is now owned by Amazon. So and Woot is kind of like it started as a deal of the day website. Now they have a lot more things on there, but uh, they had it on sale for one thousand and fifty dollars. And I believe that was shipped. So that is giving it away. Yeah. So I guess they must have a lot of them sitting around. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but I was really surprised to see that price point. And at the same time, it feels like another day, another sale on Peloton, Peloton equipment. Yeah, I think it's been a bit since it's been quite this inexpensive. But, you know, we talked in the past about Barry and his A-B test. And I, I think you're going to see this, that from time to time, they're just going to blow out a bunch. Because now they're getting your $45 a month. Is that how much it is now? I don't even know. It goes on Crystal's card. I don't pay attention. But, you know, it's a way to bring in members. It's a way to get people over the hump that are sitting there debating. Also interesting because the, the data we saw in the past, we, we talked about this a, 
a few months back that when they introduced bike plus it actually increased sales of the bike that i would have thought people would be like oh for the little bit extra i'll get the one with the bells and whistles but instead it created a value proposition where people were like oh the bells and difference the the bells and whistles aren't great enough so i'd rather get this cheaper one so if you're already having that internal debate and they drop it 400 bucks like it yeah it seems like a no-brainer of course. I thought the strategy here was really interesting, too, to put it on a daily deal site. Remember when those were all the rage in, I don't know, like 2010? What's today's Groupon? There was one. Now yeah, there was Groupon. Groupon like there million. was gold something. But I... Th- uh, um, Woot was one of them before they was were one of them. Yeah. Yep. And, but yeah, and they've all got away from the deal. That, like they may, they still technically have a deal of the day, but they started to figure out really quick that like if they wanted to maximize revenue, they needed to sell more than one thing a day. But the problem was when they sold one thing a day, they would sell a ton of those things. People would, because it's like, I know, because I'll put tickets on Groupon sometimes for where okay. I work. And like Groupon used to sell tickets like crazy for me. And now it doesn't move tickets at all. Like, I think there's, there's so much stuff on there that it, it gets lost. It's, uh, you know, it's, I, I say this all the time, all italics is the same as no italics. <laughs> well, when it was only one deal a day too, you'd get into the habit of checking to see what it was. Right. Now there's really no reason to go check unless you're looking for something specific. That's how I use Groupon. Yeah. Is if I'm, like this feels like something that might be on Google for sure. If, or if I'm out. going to another city, I'll be like, yes. "Oh, I bet you that there's travel stuff." There's like, I'll go go to like, "Oh, I'm going to go to Philadelphia." I'll go to Philadelphia and look at like things to do, and I'm like, "Okay, yeah," and I'll I'll buy the things there. Absolutely, yes, definitely universal experience. <laughs> and finally, the uh, Valentine's Day classes have been posted. They have, and it is a stacked. Schedule. I don't know that I've ever seen them do this many classes for Valentine's Day before. There's nearly a dozen listed here of so all different. I've never noticed they've have they've had special exactly. Valentine's Day classes before. I never even I don't remember it. You know, last year around Valentine's Day is when they rolled out that XOXO Cody okay. series, and yeah. that was sort of Valentine'sy. I don't know that they've ever gone this deep on it and they also rolled out valentine's day apparel which i know they've done before but that just launched yesterday so as we record this it's wednesday it launched on tuesday when i looked at it this evening before coming on to record they already had marked it down which i thought was interesting huh interesting so if you're super into valentine's day and peloton boy do we have good news for you yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i think my valentine's day plans have been scuttled (laughs) You know, I betcha placing an order from the apparel site might help Crystal feel a little bit better, Tom. Especially if I can find the outfit that was destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it'll be on sale. Yeah. It, it does seem like they're running a sale right now. I couldn't, I didn't look at everything, but a lot of stuff's on sale right now. I did tell one of the doctors when they were like, they were like, so do you need anything else before we leave? And I'm like, can I get a note from you that says I didn't do this? Like... <laughs> I'm like every time I go out in public with her, like people are going to be like, what the hell did you do to her? You, you monster. So <laughs> I don't know that people will say that, but um, I do feel for her that that beyond yoga got screwed up. That stuff's great. Really yeah. Nice and it was, it was a, a beyond yoga leggings and it was a Robin Arzon tank top that they haven't. She said, I think she said it might've been like 
one of, if not the first Peloton item she ever bought. Yeah. Oh, and you're going back 2016 then? Yes. That's that's rough. I'm sorry. Yeah, she was she was very upset about that. Like once she knew she was going to be okay and she could be upset about tri- the trivial aspects of what occurred. Yeah, she was she was not happy. She might be able to earn something similar through the Swagger Society. Oh, though. how about that? Time will tell. She can we'll get see. her swagger bucks or whatever they're called. <laughs> whatever it is. We well, don't know yet. Robin dollars. <laughs> Probably not that. Probably not that. <laughs> Probably not, no. Coming up after this, we're going to talk to Craig Heisner. He's our interview of the week. He works at New Balance, and he has all sorts of interesting thoughts about shoes and just his Peloton journey. So stick around. Checking in with the Peloton community. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Craig Heisner. Hey, Craig, how's it going? It is going great. It's great to be here. Great well, to see you guys. So great to have you here. I like to always start with, regardless of our guest, how did you originally find Peloton? You know, I was trying to, uh, I was thinking about that because I actually purchased my bike in the summer of 2018. And at the time, there was a, a woman that I worked with who told me about it. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've always been sort of this early adopter kind of geek, gadget geek guy. I always got to have the latest and greatest. And so when I saw this, I, this is pretty cool. I'd always been a guy that loved spin classes, but I just I hated the sort of beat the clock to beat everybody to get your bike and then get the stare down when you take someone's bike who's been riding there for the past, you know, 10 years or something. How did you not know? I know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, of course, and you guys know this, I mean, getting out of bed at quarter to six and walking across my apartment and getting on a bike for a 6 a.m. ride is pretty easy to do. Yeah. or hard to say no to, I suppose. But I, yeah, so somebody at work told me about it and I went to a store. I was living in Chicago. I went to a store and I think I walked out with a purchase and two days later it was being delivered. So, yeah. wow. Yeah, back yeah. in 2018, that could happen in two yeah. days. <laughs> Especially in a big city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, um, and I absolutely love it. In fact, I'm on ride. I just realized this this morning. I'm on ride 999. Oh, oh, wow. Look, look at you. you yeah. Well, congrats for a thousand. Who are you going to take a thousand with? I don't know. I do a lot of the power zone classes uh-huh. and I'm currently in the middle of a power zone challenge. So I'm kind of tied to some of the classes there, but I'll find someone. I don't really get too hung up on the uh, shout outs. As much. <laughs> no, I get that. But a thousand is special. Yeah. A thousand is special. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Honestly, I, it didn't hit me until yesterday. I knew I was creeping up on it, but so 999. Congrats. That is very cool. Yeah. So you said you always like spin classes. Have you always been active in general or did you did you have some time periods where you weren't all over the place? Tell us about we all have some time periods where we're not as active, right? We're not Um, counting sleep. (laughs) Tom had like 50 years of not being active. So. Disposable time. I no, you know, I've always lived an active lifestyle. I was an athlete through college. And when I got out of school, I started to sort of try to satisfy that competitive thirst by getting into road races. I used to do a ton of triathlons. Wow. Back when I was very, very young. 
So I used to, I was always a strong swimmer, a decent cyclist. And then I kind of watched everybody run past me on the runs as I suffered. And then, yeah, so I've, I've always, again, I've, I've lived a, a very active life. And of course I've worked in the sports space now for, for almost 20 years. Wow. So yeah, the cycling has been a nice compliment to just how I live my life. I've actually done CrossFit for over 16 years. Wow. Yeah. But, and definitely off and on because with CrossFit, for me, I'm in my fifties now. It kind of you wake up in the morning and you every day you kind of feel like you rolled your car down a cliff. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you're just that sore all the time. <laughs> so I spread out my time lifting heavy weights and trying to keep up with some of those young folks. So, so I do a lot of different stuff. Well, that's awesome, and you yeah. still do all those things even with Peloton. Still do a I little. Do. I mix it up. I I even row. I have a. I don't have a, a Peloton rower because I have a smaller apartment, and I have a. I have a Concept Two. Oh, okay. So I rode on a Concept Two for years. Definitely off and on with with the rowing, but yeah, I kind of I get bored. Yeah. The only thing that's been steady for me, and I haven't missed a week since I guess July of 2018, is my is riding my Peloton. I definitely get my rides in. That's so, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Okay. So going back to, you've been in the sports industry, what exactly do you do? So I work for New Balance Athletic Shoe here in Boston. I work in the corporate headquarters and I work in their strategy group. So I am basically responsible now for looking at opportunities in the health and wellness space for the brand. That's Um, cool. And you know, it's interesting because I worked for New Balance back in the nineties and I mentioned I've I've been in the biz for a while, so I've worked for a few different brands. I worked for Brooks Sports. I worked for Reebok. I worked for a little brand out in Boulder, Colorado called Newton Running Company. And I returned to New Balance about a year and a half ago, initially in a contract role, and now I'm a, uh, back as a full time employee. They told me I'm the I'm the longest boomerang to ever return. <laughs> to the, so I don't know why they let me back in, but it's been 22 years since I worked there. Wow. So the strategy, yeah. And the strategy group supports all functions of the organization. So it, there's a lot of variety in terms of what we're asked to do across the, the department. I work with a, a lot of really young people who are considerably smarter than me. You know, it could be, could be anything, could be brand, could be product, could be distribution, digital. I mean, you name it. So I've done a lot of different stuff throughout my career, which I think is good, good perspective to bring back to the company as a older guy. <laughs> so really they just sent you out to go get experience from all these other That's companies. And then come research, back. Yeah, yeah. Intel go, deep go cover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Go get their playbook, Craig, and come yeah. and come back to us in 20 years. It's corporate <laughs> espionage at the highest level. <laughs> so so on the- it's, it's interesting that, the business, and I've worked primarily in the running business in the past, and the truth is there's a lot of sameness. There's, as you can imagine, there's, there's a cadence to how the business is done with events and cyclicality of holidays and so forth that sort of dictate in many respects how you flow goods to the market. And so in some ways, it's almost like being on a different team with just a slightly different playbook. You know, obviously each brand that I've worked with, and there's a lot of really great brands in our industry, they all have, for the most part, unique points of view. And I think New Balance has one that's, that's really unique. It's a very special place. It's, it's privately owned by Jim and Ann Davis and they've owned it for, they just celebrated 50 years owning the business. So it's a cool place. Yeah. So when you went to your interview, did you not wear dress shoes? Did you wear (laughs) 
were you like you had kicking your new balance well, I, shoes? Thankfully, I didn't have an interview this time around. But yeah, you don't wear dress shoes. To I work. bet not. No, it's you got to wear running running shoes primarily. So that's that's it's, it's a really. I'm sure you guys can appreciate. It. It's a really cool environment. And of course, there's a lot of brands right that exist in in this sort of active lifestyle, passion driven brands, and it's a fun place to be. It's very different from when I left 20 years ago, as you can, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's much larger. Back then we were tipping the brand, I think in, in many ways, but it's a cool place and it's a great industry to be in. I'm lucky. I feel very lucky. Okay. So I feel like I see this question posted at least once a day. How <laughs> can people know the best shoe for them when it comes to running? <laughs> You know, we could geek out on this all day and, and talk about it. And this is probably not the answer that you want, but put a I pair believe, on. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I think that you should purchase the shoe that feels the most natural on your foot. And, and I realize that oversimplifies it, but anytime that you have what I would refer to as just sort of superfluous extras that get in the way of your body wanting to move in its in its sort of natural state, I think it's not good for you. And of course, it depends on who you talk to because everybody has a different opinion. Uh, product has, running footwear and athletic footwear has changed a lot in the past. It's always evolving. But if you look at how things were, we'll say 15 years ago, we used to do a lot of stability features into shoes that basically tried to limit pronation and really natural movement, almost forcing people, runners to, to sort of wear something that was guiding their foot in a direction that may not necessarily be natural or comfortable for them. And now shoes are really sort of getting almost stripped down to simplicity and working with the foot, working with the body. And, you know, it's sort of your brain telling you, yeah, this feels right for me. This feels good. And consequently, people tend to move a little bit more efficiently when they're in something that works with them as opposed to fighting against their natural movements. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of trying on a lot of different pairs because I'm buying a lot of different. Yes, pairs. Tom, okay. I, yeah, I have okay. to, I have to, but the thing well, I'm is, I'm sure you think that <laughs> like this. Yeah. I think you should buy as many shoes as you want. I, I bet you yeah. do. As I long as they're new balance. What shoes do you wear? Well, right now I wear, I go back and forth between a pair of Hoka's and Brooks Adrenaline. And I've been really doing my Brooks Adrenaline because the Hoka, the shoe, like the front of it is too tight yeah. for my feet and I keep getting blisters. And when I was running short periods of time, it was fine. I didn't get that many blisters, but as I've started increasing how long I'm running, the blisters really started to get on my nerves. It was happening all the time and it never happened in my Brooks. But the reason that I went with Brooks Adrenaline is I went to a shoe store and I have always had issues with my knees like my entire life. And I went to a shoe store and I was like, I'm going to start running. They were like, try these on because they do have a little of that stability feature that you were talking about. But I do have pronation like my feet pronate on their own just standing there. And so I absolutely love having a little stability, not too much, but I do need some because if I don't wear something that has some stability in my shoe, then I end up having my knees ache. It makes a huge difference that in running on the tread plus as opposed to outside, but even running outside in a pair of shoes that has the stability that makes a huge difference. 
Yeah, I th- look, I, I think the stability is important. It's just the, the form in which it's, it's showing up in, in footwear designs now. Yeah. Rather than, again, sort of big, clunky, dense materials on the inside or the, or the medial side of the shoe, you'll see it like the adrenaline. I actually was the head of marketing and product at, at Brooks years ago. It might be hard for you to find a brand that I haven't contributed to. So. <laughs> I'm starting to think you just can't hold a job. Like I... <laughs> well, it depends on how you look at it, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think that it's because people from other companies would like me to come to work for them because I've done good things, but I'm sure it's a little bit of both. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, Brooks sort of places materials in a way that offers stability with, again, without sort of restrict your natural movement. You know, the other thing that's happening in shoes is you guys have probably seen it is this, this thing called super shoes, right? Yes. The carbon plates. This is our version of a super shoe. And really, you know, you can see, obviously it's got shoes have gotten thicker in the midsole, but this actually has, and you'll see this with other brands, this has a full length carbon fiber plate. And so when you wear a super shoe and different brands have their versions of fiber plates. You can feel almost balance in the shoes. It's kind of wild and unique. So there's just, you're always looking for what's the next thing in this world. It's highly competitive. You're obviously living in the past, present, and future all at one time. I mean, you know, our teams are designing products for two years out right now. So I've heard amazing things about those carbon plates. And I feel like I'm always like super skeptical of whether or not it would be good for me because I'm so slow. Like, let me be very clear because I am like the slowest runner on the planet. And and like you're talking about people that are using these that are really fast runners. I mean, and it's helping them be like a second faster or two seconds faster. But like, I'm still going to be at the back. Like, I can't win no matter what. You know what I mean? But I hear some... So many people like they love them. They talk about like what you said about the the springiness and how it makes their feet kind of still feel fresh, even over long distances and running fast. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I haven't done any personal analysis of my performance in these things, but I just like how they feel. (laughs) Do they feel different? Like they do feel they feel very different. Yeah, really, really different. And it's cool. And I am. I mean, Tom, you talk about someone who buys shoes. I am the shoe guy. I've got. They still make you pay for them? You can't <laughs> take a pair home? Well, <laughs> I'll get l- very large discounts now, but I have so many shoes that I don't even know what to do with. Do you have like what a size shoe? do you wear? Maybe you can send some our way. <laughs> I'm love them. Yeah, I'm happy to send you guys some shoes. I will absolutely send no, you some I was shoes. just. We had some extra laying around and we're the same size. So Yeah, Tom does wear almost exclusively New Balance in all seriousness. Yeah. So. Nice. I, uh, I yeah, I moved on. I'm, I'm very brand loyal. Before that I was a nothing but kangaroos. That's all I would wear. Just I liked a little pocket to keep a quarter in case I need to make a yeah. phone call. Oh my god, yeah, I haven't thought know. of those yeah. in years. You get, you get stuck, you need to make a call. Um, yeah. No, that's great to hear. I mean, we, of course, are the only brand that's still making shoes here in, in, in America. Really? So, yeah, we have factories. Uh, now, granted, it's not all of our product because we're so big. And But, yeah, we have factories in the Boston area as well as up in uh, Skowhegan and Norwalk, Maine. Oh, wow. Where we do our own cut and stitch product and we assemble product, but we make shoes here in the States. And we do, the majority of our shoes are in widths, three to five widths. So, oh, you'll get, we certainly address the the fit concerns of folks. So, yeah. 
That's really cool. I um yeah. yeah, I it's funny, I switched to New Balance a couple years back because we were going to Disney World and the last time we went to Disney World, my feet really hurt. Yeah. By the end of the trip. And yeah. so I was like, I'm gonna do some Googling and see like what's the the best walking shoe. And I've because we all know I'm not going to run in the shoes. <laughs> and not even if chased, I'll just be like, you know what, you win. You do take my wallet, yeah. whatever you're gonna do to me. You know? <laughs> but and it was a game changer it like really it, it, it was night and day and and it's not i forget what i was wearing before but it wasn't like wasn't like something i found at buster brown it was a name brand shoe it was a nike or something like that and actually it was probably more like a sketchers that's more my speed but mm. but yeah it was like a game changer total game changer yeah and he's there's a, there's a lot of good shoes out there's a lot of good brands out there and by yeah. the way tom you don't be ashamed to walk you know, walking is good I, for you. <laughs> walking is really, really good for you. And I'm slowly and I've run I've run four Boston marathons. Wow. I mean, it's been 10 or 12 years since my last one. I don't know that I'll ever do another one. And I'm a big guy, but I check my ego and I get on a treadmill and I just walk. And now, you know, of course, then I moved to sort of the run the run walk deals. But I think people tend to try to jump into the running thing too fast and they get hurt. I often ask people, what percent of runners do you think get injured? So I'll ask you guys, what do you think it is? A hundred. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know it's a hundred, but I knew it was high. <laughs> it's 100%. Now, th- that's my opinion. <laughs> I, Tom, I will argue that to everyone, if you're a runner, you're going to get hurt. You just are. It's, yeah, you're going to get a blister or you're going to get nipple chafing. But yes. right there, I'm out. No way. Yeah. No way when am I running. Those, when you see, stand at a marathon finish line and watch grown men cross the finish line with bleeding nipples. Yeah. Their shirts. I'm it's, like, it's a painful ordeal. There is not a metal cool enough. <laughs> they need to give you two, one for each nipple just to cool them down. Exactly. Yeah. You get in the shower after those runs. It's, it's a tough one. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you never know where Tom will take yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. No, look, Crystal, you told me. I mean, I've watched you guys many times. I, I get it. I, I'm just along for the ride. I'll just try to hold on. But yeah, I will say New Balance, I was really impressed at the end of the trip. Not even the end. By like day three, I was like, this is like, I, you know, and I, in fairness, I was also in much better shape for that trip. But I really don't feel like my physical fitness in terms of having a better capacity for walking long distances really would have a dramatic effect on how my feet would feel. Right. Cause you know it wasn't like his yeah. legs were sore and yeah. everything. It was just his feet hurt. Yeah. Um, like the bottoms of my feet felt like sunburn and it was like, I would have to start walking. Once I kind of got up and got moving and got going, I was okay. And I was just like, Oh my God, I'm a hundred years old. Like that's, <laughs> Well, I'm just look, gonna... I mean, I, we do work locally with, there's a army has their research lab locally. And you can imagine, you know, what these guys want to do ultimately, obviously, is they want their soldiers to be safe. Yeah. They, they want them to be healthy. And their feet are incredibly important. You can imagine, of course, carrying all this gear and, and weight. It's your ankles and your feet. So footwear is really, really important, whether you you know, you're at war or you're walking around Disney. Uh, yeah. You're at war at Disney. Which yeah, it's I, a different type of war. Yeah, but, well, uh, yeah. That's, that is true. I'm, I'm the real hero. <laughs> <laughs> Disney is hard, man. It is. I, I tell people, all I, all I ever see when I'm down there, and I do a lot, I've done a lot of work in Orlando, is I, I see moms and dads fighting and kids crying. And I'm like, 
this must be Disney, right? Yeah. <laughs> Usually about two o'clock in the afternoon. That's where it's a real no shit bad. show. So <laughs> no kidding. So does New Balance make shoes for the military? We do. Yeah. We've done work with the military in the past. You know, the military business, as you can imagine, is is huge. It's challenging with the specs and the requirements. But yeah, we have done the business with the military in the past. We don't do a boot. Because they're because they're not Canadian. It's the American <laughs> military. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me in trouble here. <laughs> no, because you said a boot, like a boot. Well, <laughs> I got it. I'm sorry. When you listen to this in a week, you'll be like, "That Tom guy's really funny." I didn't realize it at the time. But you completely but... set me up. Yeah. It was just you got it. So, are there military grade running shoes? Is that a thing? Oh. Yeah, I mean, as you can imagine, there's a lot of specs that go into the durability of the product, the content standards. See, so yeah, you would expect they, they love products that are made in the States here, the material usage. There's a lot of performance yeah. needs. That, I just, that they, I always think of the military as, as a boot. You know what like I mean? Like that they so, would need combat well, boots, is, not shoes. This is training, right? Okay. So oh, okay. You can imagine. Yeah, you know, there's just boot camps and a boots right and uh, it's, it's all a boot the training so. <laughs> i would think it would be difficult to make shoes for the military because they would want more pronation come on i'm trying to, i'm trying to pro nation uh, <laughs> he's not good with the puns he's well, not good with the puns because he's thinking That's... in real business terms and you're yeah, over I, here I messing with them I, I thought we were i thought this was cobbler talk now we're we're <laughs> <laughs> he does this to me all day long. This is uh, how I know what he's doing. I like that one better than the Aboot. <laughs> oh, I'm going to yeah. save you. So changing back to Peloton, and Tom, you can come up with some more puns while okay. I do this. Going back to Peloton. I don't want to step on your feet. Oh, I mean, it's, it's your shoe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you've worked in the sports industry, but you've, you've worked in the shoe side and the apparel side from what I understand. Yeah. So I'm curious what your thoughts are Peloton and Lululemon working together in the future, given the settlement that occurred. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've actually, believe it or not, I've consulted with Lululemon. And one of the things that's that's interesting is when I was the president of, I mentioned this smaller brand out in Boulder called Newton Running Company, I actually reached out to the folks at Lulu because I was always a fan of their brand. And I knew that they were looking to sort of move beyond the the female yogi and get into some running and some fitness and even start to address the, the male side of the business. And so long story short, we actually got down the path of a proof of concept with a shoe. And so the idea was that we were going to do a licensing deal with Lululemon. And of course, we're the manufacturers of product, but they were going to work with us and we'd stick their logo on it. After I left Newton, I actually, they hired me full time to explore the whole footwear side of the footwear business and opportunity for their brand. And I'm sure you're aware of the fact that they've, they now have a footwear business. Mm -hmm. And so I bring that up because first off, Lulu is a fantastic brand. They're really, really smart people. They're really good at what they do. But at the same time, I think they recognize that there are certain areas of their business that they just don't have an infrastructure they don't have the expertise. And so they lean on folks like myself and others who were brought in as consultants to help them. I think that's where Peloton needs to be too. So apparel is hard. It's a really, really, forget about the cost associated with it. Even before you actually start to sell something, 
all the research, the merchandising, the procurement of materials, the designs, the fit. I mean, there's a lot of work there. I've always felt that Peloton, as fantastic as they are, should continue to work with some of these other brands, specifically in this case in apparel, and let them do it. And how they've done it in the past with not only Lulu, but Roan and Four Laps, right? And mm-hmm. some of these other brands. I don't know how Peloton is structured from a apparel or accessory merchandising team right now. But my opinion is work with brands like Lulu and others. I don't know if that relationship is so far gone that they can't bring it back. But, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of other opportunities out there, but they just need to get, Peloton needs to get better at merchandising. And when I say that, I mean how they flow goods to the market, how they forecast, how they buy. You, you obviously don't want to get overextended, which I think they, without knowing, but just seeing the, the amount of markdowns and where they're now liquidating product, which I think is great. Like get rid of this stuff, get a clean slate and start over, but develop a strategy for what apparel should represent for and accessories for their business and lean on folks who are really good at it outside and develop some of the partnerships similar to what I had with when I, as I mentioned, when I worked with Lulu and I was with Newton running, I, and I think that they should do what they're really good at and work with the others who are the experts in, in those areas and then benefit from it. Yeah. So that's a long answer. Does that make sense? It makes, it makes total, total sense. sense. Focus on your, your strengths. Yeah. Focus on the core. Bring in experts to do the stuff you don't know how to do. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of people probably feel the same way. So it's not as if I'm coming up with anything that's mind blowing here. I just think that there's a lot of opportunity, certainly in extensions of their brand and where it shows up, but they just have to control the exposure financially. Inventory is expensive. And, you know, I think additionally, you know, as a retailer, from my experience, and these are, I'm just throwing out my opinions here, but I think you want to sort of train, and maybe that's the wrong word, but it's how I think. You want to sort of train your customer to want to come back. I think, you know, sell out of goods, sell out. It's okay. They and come used back to. With something else and, you know, get turns with your customers. I mean, Peloton obviously has a gigantic community, very, very engaged consumers who love the brand. So just develop a, a strategy and a cadence for how they release goods, manage goods, have key items in line all the time, but come out with some stuff that takes some chances, sell out and learn and just get better. I think they will. They yeah, will. I definitely, I definitely think we're headed in the right direction. And I think that it was a tough time because they used to sell out all the time and then they got into this, okay, well, let's create these huge releases so people don't get mad all the time. And then right at that time is when everything <laughs> kind of collapsed. When <laughs> I just think it was kind of poor timing, but their heart was in the right place. I really believe that, but I definitely agree with you. Long-term, the strategy needs to be there. Yeah. And and again, I, I don't know how they're structured. I'm sure that they're thinking about it. I think obviously people are posting pictures where they see stuff at TJX or excuse me, or wherever. I'm not really hung up on that. I'm okay with that. I think that like, just get it, you know, rip the bandaid off. Let's clean, let's baseline our inventory. Let's get a plan in place and, and move forward. That's again, the, I mean, outsider understanding of how they're doing their business, but and it's kind of, that's how everybody should be doing it, I think, in, in many ways. Yeah. But it's okay to sell out. It's okay if it's gone. Yeah, that's yeah. true too. You know? Yeah, it just, it creates excitement for the next thing. I remember, I'm just yeah. sitting here watching Crystal do that stuff because I don't do anything. Like, people used to get so excited about the next apparel drop, and now it's just like, yeah. oh, it's another one. 
Mm. There'll, there'll be stuff there. It's not, a, you know, like there's not that same. Wait for it to go on of, sale now. Yeah, there's not a sense of urgency like there used to be. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Tom. And, you know, we're, we're not even really getting into because I think there's obviously subjectivity around designs, but we're not even getting into that. I mean, I think there's ways that they can evolve designs. Like, for example, I don't necessarily always want a giant Peloton written across my chest, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, I think, or I may not, there's certain colors of things that just should be basics and heritage and in the line all the time. And I don't know that they necessarily, I don't see that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see a sort of a plan that addresses different needs. Because as you know, there are people like the three of us who, and I'm sure many folks who are listening and watching who are, will buy anything like we're really into it. Right. But there's a lot of people out there who they want something that's, you just got to think about different customers. There's going to be primary, there's going to be secondary. And at least that's how I always think about briefing product is identifying who the consumer, who the primary consumer is, who's my secondary consumer. What are we trying to do with this? And some items are not going to be for everybody. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And it makes sense to all have certain items that they're just perennials. LL Bean will Mm -hmm. always have a barn coat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 And And speaking of, Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I I agree completely. I think, you know, I'll just mention one thing, you know, under under armor, of course, exploded on the scene. And I think that I saw Kevin Plank, their founder speak a seminar uh, when they were very young in the business and they were doing really, really well. I think they were doing 90% of their business with five SKUs, which were green, black, white, gray, and blue compression, short sleeve tops. That's it. Now they had a lot of other stuff, but they were focused on being this compression top business to start. And I'm not suggesting you streamline your, your line to, to that extent, but find out what you're good at and then build from it. So Yeah, I think that's good. And I was going to change gears slightly, well, a lot, but (laughs) go to products because I wanted to make sure we got to talk about the hoods that you came up with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So is that pronounced Heis? Like as in Heisner? Yeah. As in Heisner. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I mentioned that I used to do a lot of cycling. Actually, you know, the other thing I, I didn't mention, part of why I wanted to start riding on a stationary bike is I was crashing a lot on my oh. road bike. And, I'm so you know, dangerous out there. It uh, really is. It's when terrifying. You, when you turn 50, the last thing you need to do is to fly over your handlebars again. But my experience riding a bike and then certainly my experience in product design and development in footwear and especially performance running where you really have to acknowledge or you recognize and address really su- the subtleties of design literally by millimeters make a big impact on people's posture and how they run and how they feel and how their hips align and so forth and so when i got my bike i realized pretty quickly that i felt like the pot my ride posture was less than ideal and part of it was i was holding the handlebar and my wrist was sort of ulnar deviation it was shifted here and i was locking my elbows and i just wasn't I didn't feel as if I had an efficient ride posture. And so I started to play around with getting, you guys have probably seen, you know, when you ride on road bike, if you watch the Tour de France, you'll see the majority of the time the riders are, their hands are on the the hoods, Mm -hmm. the brake hood covers. And so the reason for that is it places your hand in a really more comfortable position and it allows you to stay more relaxed in your upper body. So it places less strain in your neck, shoulders, and lower back. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to steal the shape of brake hood covers from bikes and I'm going to make clay versions of them and then quick dry epoxy and tape them to my Peloton and see what I like. (laughs) And so I I found a shape that I like 
and I patented them. And cool. so the simplest thing in the world, they literally snap onto the handlebars and they are in the shape of a conventional road bike brake hood cover. And so they pop on and this allows, it gives your hands a place to rest and it kind of mimics the experience that you would otherwise find on a conventional road bike. And so I launched Heisman.com, H-I-Z-E-M-A-N.com. And it's kind of a little side gig for me and people buy them and they love them. So, yeah. Um, it makes sense. I mean, so many people that that's the kind of bike that they're used to riding. And so you, you get on there and you're like, where do my hands go? Like, that's what you're, that's the comfort you're used to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can achieve that with the bullhorn handlebars that come with the bike. You can certainly achieve that. I think I'm sure you guys have seen they, a lot of the instructors will suggest that you sort of rest your hands in the corner, right? Mm -hmm. Of the where it bends, which makes sense. I mean, it, you can do that and stay relaxed, but this is just a, it's, it's another hand position. So it just, it helps with added comfort. I think it, it certainly reduces injuries. I mean, like I said, I haven't missed a week since I started riding and it just improves ride posture. Mr. Wilpers will say rightfully that better. And I'm sure you've, you've heard him talk about ride posture. When you have better ride posture position on your bike, it allows or contributes to greater sustained effort over time because you're actually set up well. It's no different than a running shoe, right? If you're in the right shoe, you're more comfortable. Remember getting back to my point about something that works with your body, same thing, same principle here. And a lot of this starts with your hands. Of course, you got to set the bike up, right? I mean, we know that bike fit, seat, lever, handlebars, all that has to be set up. But this is just another way to, to help improve the, the experience. So yeah, it's been kind of fun, kind of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that is. Yeah. And yeah. it's probably also nice just to have options in yeah. terms of how you can. I mean, I know from, you know, when I was a million years ago when I was a kid riding my bike, I mean, sometimes I feel more comfortable like this. And then you want to yeah. shift, you know, positions. Well, you know, you and, should you know, always, on a ride, you should always be moving your hands around. So you I don't mean, have anything. Of we, don't, we don't have drop bars, right? Right. But I don't ride on the highest hoods the whole ride by any stretch. I, I'm constantly moving my hands around. And I think that that's sort of the, you know, how cyclists think about things too. So yeah, it's just another option. It's just another option to, to allow for greater comfort on the ride. And I, sometimes I cringe when I see the way that, that people sort of have the, the Charlie Brown, you know, <laughs> shoulders. And I just think, oh my God, I have literally sent, I've seen posts and I will just send a message to say, I'm going to send you these. Don't ask, just try them. And please just so there's a lot of injuries on Pelotons. People are either they're not getting their bike set properly or they're just not they're not riding properly and it leads to injuries. So that's something that we always want to we want to try to protect against. So yeah. yeah or so that's that's the highs hoods. Yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you for asking though. You're welcome. And we didn't ask what your leaderboard name was either. Well, it's Heisman. I should have known. I should have known. <laughs> yeah. I sense a theme. It, it's H I Z E M A N. I was never a Heisman candidate as a football player, but in fact, I never even really got on the field much in college. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, Heisman is, the brand name is Heis, the site is Heisman.com. But yeah, so Heisman is my name on the leaderboard. That's awesome. And awesome. ride 999. 999, yeah. Do you have a uh, preferred instructor? I'll tell you some of my favorites. For running, John Hosking cracks me up. I love that guy. And the I music. Have, Great music. He is just awesome. I have a daughter who rides the bike also. She lives out in Denver. 
and we do classes together at times and we just get the biggest kick out of him. And of course we love Cody. So, I mean, it's hard to get me to laugh out loud and <laughs> Cody will do it. I've seen times <laughs> yeah. ride. Like yeah, you've seen it because <laughs> Um, pronation was funny kinda, and here we are and, and i don't know if this is the right I, <laughs> I don't know if this is the right term or not but i'm gonna try to use it okay i kind of like the more everyone's athletic uh-huh. but i like sort of the more performance athletic instructors like wilpers i love dennis alex what? is great so those are my more those goal are my guys. oriented I, and I love, yes. And I love to ride live rides. I yeah. really do. I love it. And I miss, I wish there were more. That's a bit of a concern for me. Well, February, I was just, we were just talking about this last night. I posted about it. It's January 30th. So when people hear this, they're going to be like, what? This is old news. So it's not old news. We're just recording it by the time you hear this. <laughs> but I was just looking last night on February 8th. Things really start to change on the schedule on Wednesday, February 8th. There's like a ride at like 9 p.m. And there's one at 9.35, both Eastern times. And I say that because there's later rowing. There's like, there's just a lot more happening that week. And so I think we're really starting to see things shift. You know, Toon Day just announced yesterday that she is going to be part of the strength team officially. So I think there's oh. a lot happening in February. So hopefully, because that same week, they're also back to 6 a.m. classes, 6 a.m. Oh, nice. Eastern. So you know, obviously I'm not in the class, but I love live classes. I just do. I don't yeah. know why it just feels, it feels different to me. It's nice. It's nice to feel like you're all, everybody's riding together at the same time. Exactly. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've been fortunate to have been in the studio three or four times over the years, which has been kind of cool. So I'm hopeful to on my next trip down to New York to hopefully plan ahead and get lucky and have a chance mm-hmm. to, to ride in there. That's always a cool experience. It right? is. It is. It is. Yeah. To be around all those people. It's fun. Yeah. Really I love fun. it. So So, do you have any advice for people who are just now getting a bike or a tread? My advice to newbies is to, I think you just check your ego at the door. Mm -hmm. What I love about Peloton is that it's the the inclusive nature of it. You know, you're not running a gauntlet where you have to walk into a CrossFit class or you have to walk into a gym or even a spin studio. You know, you, you can do your thing. You can be a part of this. You can feel great. Everyone is, is incredibly inclusive. And I think that just checking your ego, ease into it. Like there's no reason to get worked up about how hard you're riding. I mean, I used to, and I just don't anymore. And it's enjoyable. You know, we all obviously have, we're at different places in our fitness level. And I think it's just, it's all about how you feel. And most importantly, what does Christine say? Get just, it's most important that you're on the leaderboard, right? Not at the top of it or something. I mean, I really believe that. And so, and try a lot of different classes because there's going to be instructors you don't really dig too much and there's going to be others you love and they're out there. That's why you have so many of them to choose from. And I think that's the beauty of it. Yes, for sure. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely agree with that. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. But before we let you go, just remind everybody where they can find you and all the things. So Heisman is, is spelled H-I-Z-E-M-A-N. So Heisman.com is where the Heis Hoods are found. And we our Instagram is Heis Hoods. So check us out. And we'd love to see you out. And Heis Riders is my... There's not a lot of us out there on Heis Riders, but there's a few that have joined us. And don't forget about New Bounce. That's right. Check out some New Bounce product too. <laughs> but this has been really fun, guys. You know, I've watched you for some time whenever I can. And it's always entertaining and 
Tom, you kept me on my toes today, so I <laughs> <laughs> it's what I'm here for. <laughs> but you've got great was... shoes for those toes to be in, so it's yes. okay. <laughs> Lots of fun. Thank you, guys. So much fun. Thank, Thank you. you. It's back to us. You can tell because it will not be Crystal talking anymore, right? <laughs> I'm back. She's back. So uh, I guess that brings this episode to a close. Thank you so much, Gina, for finally doing the show. You weren't a guest, but you were guest host, which I guess you were just holding out for the real position. That's right. I yeah. wanted the marquee banner with my name on it, even <laughs> so, though that's not happening. I hate the circumstances that brought me I was here. Like, but I think I... We're going to need to know where your whereabouts on February 5th at 3 p.m. Central. <laughs> <laughs> This is an elaborate ploy for you to get on the show. Well, like I said, I hate the experience or the circumstances that brought me here, but this has been a very fun experience. Thank you for having me. I feel honored to have been asked to fill in for Crystal. Well, thank you for doing it on such short notice. And uh, would you like to be found? Would you like to share your leaderboard name or your socials if you care? Sure. So my leaderboard name is Gene Machine. That's G-E-N-E Machine. And I'm not really on social. I'm on Instagram at G-I Mitch, M-I-T-C-H. It's mostly pictures of my kids, but they're cute. So why not? <laughs> but you are biased. I, but they're cute. <laughs> Come I, on. I don't go on Instagram. I wouldn't know. You know how rarely I, I go right. on the gram. So I want to see you liking all my pictures after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, thank you so much for doing this. We we really appreciate it. So I guess uh, don't forget, uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the clip out. You can watch us on YouTube if you want to go look at Crystal's bloody pictures. And for our British listeners, I mean, literally, uh, <laughs> that's a dirty word for them. Like we could get we could get labeled with an explicit content thing over there. But I, I mean, literally, she's bloody. You can find those at youtube.com slash the clip out. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep peddling and running and rowing. And rowing. Very good. Very, I was wondering if you were going to. You did it. You did it. Nailed it. <laughs>